This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on FUBAR Radio. Hello. Hello. So it's exactly as per normal, except for none of the buttons work when you press them. That's, is that wow. right? So is that is, right? Don't is. worry, Nick, we've just changed the entire setup, but it'll be exactly as before. Well, what, how, why is that fucking working now? <laughs> why is that working now? What do you mean I didn't do it properly? It's a, it's a button that says one. It's the one button. There's a... Nick, But when you press the... I'm fucking livid now. Hang on, what's fucking that again? absolutely fucking furious. Basically, what's been happening? Where's is? this water that I've been promised? <laughs> fucking sitting, it's raining, it's pi- absolutely pissing it down. Water, water everywhere, but in the food bar studio, not a drop to drink. Except for this uh, ca- ca- chamomile this, uh, tea, which this. is absolutely delicious. Thanks, guys. For it's, it's the Blitz keep, spirit keep here it coming. At, uh, That's amazing. At Foo Bar Towers. We're, we're blitz spirit. We're all knuckling down and trying to get through this. There's lots of, there's lots of, been, there's lots of technical, uh, technical things happening. I think um, probably the kids have just um, split up for school and now it started raining. So school's over for summer. School's over for summer. School's, I mean, summer's over for summer. Because of this, yes. I've, I'm wearing something. Uh, I'm wearing a jumper. Uh, not a jumper. I'm wearing a top. What do you call those things? It's a long sleeve tee. Is They've it? got a name for them. They're like baseball shirts. This, I like it. This was a. This was something a fan uh, sent in. Um, it's wash day. Uh, I'm out of all of my clothes. I was going to wear a t-shirt, and now I'm wearing this. It's. A, I like it. It's a lovely Dario Argento. Profondo rosso. Profondo rosso. Baseball shirt. I love it. But um, I am burning up. I'm so hot right now. Is the air conditioning not on? I feel like I'm going through menopause. I think it's on. Um, it's oh. really warm. I am wearing a hat. <laughs> but then yeah. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't washed my hair. So... You'll be all right, Nick. Oh, God, I'm so exhausted, Nat. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. You know what? I always ask uh, what you've been a fan of this week. But um, And by the way, you're listening to Fan Club, starring your host, starring. Nathaniel Metcalf. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and his co-host this week, Rick Realm. Rick Realm. That's right. It's... Uh, <laughs> just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> it's me. The next day, um, <laughs> We've, well, it's been oh, it's been the morning. I think. Um, what's what's the first rule of fan club? Tell your friends about fan club. And what's the what's the uh, second rule of fan club? It's um, it's please for the love of God, tell your friends, and do tell your friends about about the show, about and, and 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 not just about how much. Uh, you didn't enjoy listening to it. Tell them about how they should listen to it too. Those are the only rules, guys. And then, uh, aside from that, it's just free two hours of free listening. It's all right. We got we're, we're doing the heavy lifting. And what I would say is, it's easy listening. You just whack it on in the background, you know, and turn the volume all the way down, and then it's almost like there's nothing on. But we still get the the listening figures. Oh, yeah. So that's all I'm saying. That's, that's all, all right. Saying. That'd be all right. So even if you're not a fan... You could watch a film. Then just just whack the... Watch a film. Do you know what we should do? We should do a live commentary one one time. Yeah. We should put a film on and then... We at 12 get, and then... At 12 and all of our... And we'll, we'll announce it in advance and we'll just say, like, everyone start... 
uh, your recorders now. We'll find one. A two-hour film. A two-hour film. We'll say, everyone start your recorders now. We'll announce it in advance. And then, um, uh, uh, if you've got any suggestions, guys, uh, it's got to be 120 minutes. Suggest which film that we'll do. We'll pick the best one. And uh, me and Nat will watch a film on our phones and we'll talk all the way through it and ruin it for you. Uh, so <laughs> if you've got any suggestions there, go for it. What was uh, what's a good example of a 120-minute film? Good example of a 120-minute film? Star Wars. The original Star Wars is 120 minutes. It might be 118 minutes. That'll do that. It's pretty sad that, um, that that's happening. No, 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 not Naked Gun. That's 88 minutes. Okay. So that's too short. That's I 32 think, minutes too short. I think Batman and Batman Returns are both 125 minutes approx, according to... Uh, VHS boxes. Do you know what? And I think both of those films could have been trimmed by five minutes. Yeah, uh, well, by half an hour, really. I mean, that's, <laughs> it, I mean, that's the problem with them. They're not mm. focused enough. This is true. Sloppy. This is true. I think he's a sloppy filmmaker. Mm. Well, he wants to take a leaf out of this show if he wants to see some slick broadcasting. You know, the Batman soundtrack by Prince. Yeah. Originally, the producers wanted it to be Michael Jackson, and it was conceived as a double album where Michael Jackson would be doing all of Batman songs and Prince would have been doing Jokers. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it seems to, that makes more sense that way around. Because I would imagine if you're Prince well, and being as big then, as Prince but was... But now, probably... Probably the other way around. Probably the other way around. Um, seeing as Michael Jackson, you know... Uh, yeah. Well, he... Bleached his skin for a start, so sure that makes sense. Joker, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what you're thinking of. And uh, the Joker would have been, you know, the uh, the clown prince of crime, mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson was the king of pop. King of pop, yes, clown, crown prince, and king. Also, I'm sure that they both abused kids at some point. So, um, allegedly, is it allegedly? Nah, I mean, come on, there's bigger fish to fry other than little old Nick on Foo Bar, isn't there? There's a whole documentary on Netflix about it. What was it? What, Channel about, Four? Not about Nick Helm. No, about uh, <laughs> about how the Joker was a paedophile. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Blue Velvet is apparently 120 minutes. Blue Velvet, that's a good example of a 120 minute film. True Romance, we've got 119. 119, we'll have uh, a minute in there for idents. Yeah. So, uh, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a, a panic, a panic in FUBA today because uh, lots of computers were was worried. It was like the Blitz, it's all been run off a generator currently. We're sat in the dark. Uh, but it's exciting, and it's a good thing. It's, we are it is, so... It is in, we are in the dark. Oh, hang on, who's that touching my genitals? It's me. Oh. <laughs> well, faster, faster. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, how have you been, Nat? I've been all right, actually. I've been all right. I can't complain. How's work been? It's been all right, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Same old, same old. How's this your work This is terrible been? radio. No, I, I mean, come on. It. I've just asked a question. I thought you might elaborate, but no. Uh, what have I been up to? What have I been a fan of this week? No, that's not the question. <laughs> okay, fine. No, let's the not. The ever-elusive Nathaniel Metcalf. Not elusive. Where not does elusive. he go at night? <laughs> <laughs> Why has he always got children's crayons under his fingernails? <laughs> Nobody knows. Um, so uh, I haven't done a lot. I think. I think that's what. I, it's just because I've gone. 
what have I done? I don't know if I can account for uh, a lot of my time. Maybe I've been abducted by aliens. Not the film network. It's 121 minutes long. long. We don't have time for it in our show. But Rocky, for instance, is 120 minutes long. Can you just confirm that Rocky Five is 86 minutes long? I think. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Just need to just yes. need to double check that. I think it's it's in the 80s. Uh, not not least of all 1987. Um, but Rocky Four, Rocky Five, Rocky Four, uh, Rocky, Rocky Five, Rocky, Rocky Four. Tell me, what's Rocky Four? What's Rocky Four? Rocky Four. Rocky so what are you four. saying? What's your prediction? Rocky Five was 1990, obviously, oh, yeah. and that was 104 minutes long. But Rocky Four, I believe, was 1986. Oh yeah, I love it. And How many minutes? I think it was in the 80s because uh, it's uh, got very little plot. 90 minutes it's 90 minutes okay. it's half an hour shorter than all of the others and well. I'd never picked up on that and it has I think it's got four music montages in it <laughs> including one where Rocky is just uh, driving around at night a bit troubled <laughs> it also has time for a subplot where uh, Paulie uh, gets a oh, gets a robot gets a girlfriend robot, a robot girlfriend yeah and yeah. you know you know he's fucking it <laughs> but that's um, what they've established a character well. That's what's good in the other movies. That's what's that really you kind good. Of know it's but the thing is shorthand, isn't it? It's the uh, it's it's the uh, it's everything that that character is building up to. <laughs> My cousin Vinny, 120 minutes. I mean, that's a good su- suggestion right there. But we, we, we want your suggestions rolling in, fan clubbers. One 20 minute films. We're all in the clubhouse now. It's club rules. Make sure you're not wearing denim and you bring a copy on Blu-ray, preferably, yeah. of a film that you like. Uh, no special editions. Come on. Let's watch them as God intended. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm so tired. No, yeah, no. I'm so tired. I've been, I've been reliably informed that we've got some new idents oh. to listen to. What? What do you mean? Some new recorded idents, I believe. Um, um, I can't see any. Number one. Michael Menatanian Metal Fan Club sur Fiba Radio. Oh, I like it. It's continental. Well, it's continental. Is that because we're we're going out in France on the internet? Was it French? Was it French? French, yeah, we. I found, and other languages. There were many languages within that, were there? Um, well, I, I couldn't hear because uh, um, I couldn't. I didn't hear it, and I don't want to just keep playing it. But anyway, um, oh look, we got. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. fan club sur radio. That sounded French. Yeah. I thought the first one might have been uh, Spanish. No, it was French. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf Fan Club Sufuba Radio. Oh, I don't know. Nick and Nat Fan Club Sufuba Radio. Oh, We've gone see. international. It's international and uh, officially now the most annoying uh, radio uh, show <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> Are we on the internet? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Because if we weren't. You'd be, You'd be missing a trick. What would I have been doing for the last year and a bit of my life? <laughs> Just thinking. No, it's broadcasting it's to co-ops. It's literally <laughs> co-ops. 
Just that, we just, we just co-op radio. Wakey, wakey, cunts! <laughs> <laughs> I stole a loaf of bread! I stole a loaf of bread! Oh, lovely. And that's... Huge um, Ackman there. Huge Ackman. Huge Ackman. Uh, my favourite of all of the Star Wars uh, characters. <laughs> he recorded Huge Ackman. Hey. <laughs> oh my god what have you been I haven't watched anything okay I'm going to come clean I've not seen a single thing this week other than um, uh, a recording studio in Deptford I've been doing all my music for my show oh, that's cool, that. everything's pretty much finished I think uh, I've got a weekend of previews um, and I will work out what needs changing by the end of that I think and then I've got one last day to do music stuff on Monday and then that's it. But they've been long days. <laughs> Can't tell whether that's a yawn or you're going to cry. Um, it's a little from Gollum A. <laughs> I'm um, so, yeah. Uh, I've got that it. eye twitch thing that happens. When you're not slept enough. And um, uh, and I, I had a late start yesterday and I slept so long. But um, I'm having, I can't sleep at night because I'm so... Why am I doing Edinburgh? I don't know, Nick. So it's because you saw that Adam Sandler uh, video about... Uh, about uh, uh, how to do an Edinburgh show. <laughs> he did, yeah, he he did, did an that. online... Yeah. He said, uh, <laughs> d- he said, try crowdfunding. <laughs> that might be a way of doing it. It's because you watched that Adam Sandler live video and then you went, oh, I like stand-up. I like the idea of it. Yeah, I do, I do, and the thing is, I do like the idea of it. But yeah. what I feel like is, I've had so many previews in a row that I feel like I've already done Edinburgh now, and I am tired. Mm. And what I could really do with is um, like a week off before yeah. I go up. But I uh, have got uh, non-stop rehearsals for my <laughs> second show, so uh, good luck, guys. <laughs> uh, come and see me early on in the run. I was looking at uh, and planning planning a trip to Edinburgh. And I was putting in things I'd like to see. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, of course. You're doing I Think You Stink as well. And mm. then I went, I've not really heard you talk about that. And I forget you've also got to make that a show as well. Mm. <laughs> but it'll be all right. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about I Think You Stink at all. I've got an amazing cast for it. And, um, uh, and th- I've divided all the parts up. So everyone's got their stuff and they're learning it. And then we're all going to meet up and we're going to rehearse it. I mean, we put together the Halloween show that we did with two rehearsals. Oh, yeah. And that was great. And the thing is, basically, it's all prep work. I've got the majority of the heavy lifting, so I got to do all of that myself. And then everyone else just sort of like slots in around me. It's designed so that other people can have their own lives and do their own shows and do everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's like, that's like the fun show. Where it's kind of like, not that the pressure's off, but it's a very entertaining show and yeah. it's sort of like, um, yeah, it looks after itself really. Whereas my show is like an hour of concentration. I mean, I did it the other day with four, it's got, I've written all four, there's four songs in it and stand up and jokes and it's an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to cut 20 minutes somehow, 25 minutes really. Probably a good thing though, isn't it? No. You know. I end up cutting my show so that it, I think it ended up being 40 minutes at one point. It, it might it ceases to make any <laughs> sense. I mean, I, there's like three minutes I can cut here and there, but like, 
and then you start doing everything is sort of interlinked I take know. away one bit it all starts crumbling well yeah but that's like what um uh my last show was like so i've learned nothing my last show one man mega myth that i took up to edinburgh that was like a house of cards and if you took a bit out so I, then so which is the rubbish thing about it because you can't cannibalize it for club sets yeah so, like, what you'd normally do is you'd take 20 minutes out of your show and then you'd do it on stage and you'd go, there you go. Yeah. But with this, it's kind of like, um, none of it's it makes sense by itself. Do you know what it is? It's a piece of theatre then, isn't it? It's not, you know. Yeah, but even, I would say, um, you could take a Shakespeare soliloquy and do that isolated on stage and it would still get a good reaction so in a way what I've written is something that's a bit more complicated than, than Shakespeare Titus Andronicus wow. Mm. wow I there's the rub it's my gift Nathaniel is there's the but rub it's also uh, my curse a Shakespeare I, quote it's Hamlet is it there's a rub I there's the rub I there's the rub it's not I there's a rub. You studied drama, though, didn't you? I studied it, I lived it, I breathed it. Breathed drama. I breathed drama. That's why you're such good pals with Ian McKellen. Oh, you don't want to breathe too deeply near him. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, well, you, you do. He actually wears very nice um, I'd imagine. I imagine he smells quite nice, McKellen. Oh, God. Yes, it does. <laughs> My God. I remember the first time I smelt McKellen. Who doesn't? Well, it's uh, and obviously Derek Jacoby. Derek Jacoby, as he smell like a meadow. A meadow, yeah. Like a, a summer's field. A summer's field, or a glade plug-in. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what he smells like. <laughs> oh, and McKellen smells of Airwick. <laughs> that's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I met Ian McKellen three times. Have you? Yeah. I, I didn't know you'd actually met in real life. I have met him three times. Um, they were all disasters, and I'm pretty sure he remembers every single one of them. Really? Um, Was it at the space? Do you want to your co connection? Do, yes, you? please. Right, so he did. Um, he did at the Space Theatre, which was the show that produced. I think you think in two thousand eight. I did three shows with the Space. Two thousand and six was a play called Stroke. Two thousand and seven was a play I wrote. Called, well, it wasn't a play. The two thousand and seven one. It was a collection of songs and poems called A Third of the Way Done. Uh, and then in two thousand eight, I did a show called I Think You Stink, which I'm doing again this year. Uh, out of the three, I think it was the only one that made money. It made fifty pounds at the end of the festival. <laughs> and um, the space we're doing a um, uh, Ian McKellen is the patron of uh, a theatre called The Space down in Mudshoot on the Isle of Dogs. And I think Ian McKellen lives in the area and he owns a pub in the area. Mm. And uh, there's this little theatre that Ian McKellen is the patron of, right? And uh, he did this thing in 2006. It was 2006. Um, uh, and I got tickets to go and see... I was so poor as well in 2006. And my friend who... My friend Adam, who used to actually teach me drama at school, he was in the sixth form when I was in year seven. And there was like an after-school club called Junior Drama Workshop. And Adam Hemming, who now runs the space, was... Um, used to do like after-school classes. 
uh, and I didn't have any friends and he was like my only friend in the school but now looking back on it it was a bit weird have you ever seen no it wasn't weird but have you ever seen the film Black Sheep <laughs> no oh yeah the uh, the uh, Chris Farley, Chris Farley one basically Chris Farley uh, has to look after this uh, kid after school who doesn't have any friends and that's exactly what it must have been like <laughs> where it kind of like oh but um so uh so he runs the, the, and they had ian mckellen was doing i think it was called a night at the space night of the k yeah Lovely. or a night in space at the night that's it. it's kind of like night and space night out of the space like right? it's always nighttime in space yeah do you know what i mean it's kind of like they're doing something clever there and he came along and he did... I must have told you about this bit before. I don't know. So he comes out, everyone sat there waiting for him in this theatre, and then he comes... How many does it hold, this theatre? It's quite small. Mm, it is quite small, but there's an upstairs as well, so I would say maybe about 300, 250. Mm. And how many would come when we used to do a comedy night there? Seven. Seven, seven people. Seven. We, would, we wouldn't open up the upstairs <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> I don't um, think I ever knew there was an upstairs. Mm. Well, in actual fact, so Adam uh, came to see my show that I did in 2004 called Love Life. And um, he liked it. And so he put it on at the space. And then um, because we got back in contact again after school, um, he uh, produced my play that I'd written called Stroke. And then that was 2006. That was the play that I spent eight years or nine years writing. And then it got one star review. <laughs> got one star <laughs> review in the Scotsman, and they phoned up and they said, "We're terribly sorry. It was meant to be a two star review." And I was like, "Well, I'm glad it was a one star review then, because at least people came to see us just to make fun of us." And then I was just like, "Fucking hell! I put so much work into getting one star by accident." Yeah, yeah. Looking back, how do you view it? Do you think that was a? I think Stroke was a great play. Yeah. I just think that there was the woman that reviewed us, could have been a man, the woman that reviewed us was called Claire Smith and uh, she'd already reviewed us a couple of times before. So I did a show called uh, Air Freshener. That was my first show in 2001 in Edinburgh. We'd done, so I'd done three shows with the school. We did 97, I did Romeo and Juliet. 98, I did uh, Tony Harrison's The Passion. And 99, I did... Uh, Twelfth Night, right. where I was the Toby Belch as a 18-year-old. <laughs> and I look back on it, I was like meant to be like the portly, fat, um, alcoholic, uh, lush. And looking back on it, I was so skinny when I was doing that part. I just wore a big coat, <laughs> but I was gorgeous. Oh, God. And then didn't do anything in 2000. And in 2001, I wrote... Um, it's sort of like a dark sketch show called Air Freshener uh, with um, a, a couple of friends from uh, school. And that was after I was at university. What venues are you doing these in? That was at Venue 45. Uh, they were all Venue 45 up till then. So we did three plays with the school at Venue 45, venue which is 45? just uh, just over the road from Waverley Station. When you oh, get, okay, when you okay. Get in. Uh, just down just down that bit. It's the church. And oh, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, and you go down some stairs. Uh, off I don't think I've ever been in there, but go I can down, picture it. If you go down the stairs off the Royal Mile, it's next to kind of like one of those whiskey bars on the top of the Royal Mile. You go down this little stairs, uh, this little um, uh, alleyway that smells of piss, and you go all yeah. the way down, and then at the bottom of it, it is a church, and the church... Um, 
So I did three shows with my school, didn't do anything in 2000, and then in 2001 we had like a, a midnight slot. Um, and we, uh, I think the sc- my old school was taking up another place. I think my old school was taking up um, Grim Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. So there was like a whole load of students that were doing that, and then they had like, as a two-for-one deal, they got an hour-long slot that was on later. So they offered it to me when I was at uni, and I said, yeah, I'll t- take something. I did an individual skill at, um, in drama class, and um, this is a very long-winded way of saying that I met Ian McKellen three times. <laughs> but I did an individual skill in my drama Jesus, uh, drama A-levels, and I was the first student to ever get 100%. Wow. Yeah. And then the next year, like five of the cunts got 100%, and it was just <laughs> like, oh, you're just giving them away. Right? No, it's like, it's like the four-minute mile. Before they... Before, before no, they, one no one knew it was achievable. No one knew it was achievable. And afterwards, it, people's, it flips in people's heads where they go, it can be done. Well, it was a 10-minute play. It was a 10-minute monologue about a man that was called A View From A Room, and it was about a guy that was basically spying on his abusive neighbours. Uh, and he was falling in love with them. It was quite dark. Um, and my teacher said, you should take that up to Edinburgh. And I said, I, t- I don't know how to do that. because It's, it's ten only mi- 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, so what I did was I ended up writing five other 10-minute... Monologues? Uh, monologue, duologue, sketches. They, weren't, they were like mini plays. Okay. They weren't, I wouldn't say they were sketches, but they were like short plays. So they're short plays and they're not, not funny? Yeah, they were funny. Oh, okay. I mean, they were all funny. Some of them were really, really dark and uh, and more dramatic. But they were like the the thing was they had to be vaguely funny. Um, and some of them were b- quite broad, and some of them were quite. So I d- that was that was for air freshener, and then um, took that up, did the midnight slot, and we got four stars uh, with uh, on our first on our first night we got reviewed on the first night wow. we four stars in Scotland first thing that we ever written we couldn't believe wow. it. but it only came out on the last night so we didn't get a we didn't get an audience <laughs> for the entire week we reviewed like you on night one two and three people at midnight you know we got reviewed on night one and then I think the review came out on the sixth night and then I think we only did a week and then um, on the seventh night we got quite a big audience but um, it was just a really weird thing um it's funny, I just kind of think of people going to see... I don't think I've ever gone to see kind of student theatre, ever. But then you sort of imagine, like, what's the audience for that? I wouldn't, really say, audience. I wouldn't say it was student theatre, because although we were students, we weren't students together, we weren't at the same university. Oh, okay, we were friends okay. from school. Oh, right, right. So we did it in our summer holiday, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say it was like, oh, the university helped us or anything. We did it... My old school helped us, so we were all school friends. Uh, and then, because um, we did it a week and we got a good review, we got to the next year. So I wrote a follow-up show called Christmas Tree. Um, and it's all about how you're like, loved for a short amount of time and then put out in the cold. They're all really dark and bleak. And, uh, and again, it's like a collection of short stories and monologues and things. And uh, we did that for like three weeks, I think. And then we did Air Freshener for a week. Or maybe we did Air Freshener for a week and then that for three weeks. Um, because no one saw Air Freshener the week before. And Claire Smith came to review Air Freshener, our four-star show, and she re-reviewed it and uh, just absolutely destroyed us, said that we were rubbish, and the supposed talented one, that's how she described me, 
which is just a really kind of weird way. Although that's an interesting thing because it sort of suggests that someone has been saying he's talented before she reviewed it. It was well, it was odd because um, uh, it was it was fairly evenly shared out, right? So the supposed talented one. So so do you know what I mean? It was kind of, I don't I'm not sure if we had a press release or anything like that back mm. then. So it's just a weird thing that she singled me out to yeah. kind of like have a go at me when you go, <laughs> well. You know, I don't know. It was anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she came to review a few other shows, um, and then uh, and then she gave us one star eventually. It's funny as well, isn't it? That if she's seen the first time and gone, not really my cup of tea, and then the following year, she gets her list of things. She goes, yeah, I'll definitely go and see that thing from those people I didn't like last year. Oh well, that's the thing that really annoyed me actually. It's like, don't don't go. Go to something else. That's the thing that annoyed me. So she reviewed, she reviewed Stroke like in 2006 and she gave us uh, one star that ended up being a two-star review, right? Because um, the review didn't even read that bad. It didn't like read like a three or a four. It was a one star and it just <laughs> basically described the actions that happened on stage and then that was it. And you go, well, it's not like... There's no critique here. It's yeah. just kind of like... Um, and then uh, in 2008, she reviewed I Think You Stink. And again, I think she gave us three stars, which was kind of like the most generous she'd ever been. Or maybe it was, maybe it was four stars. I mean, we got quite good reviews for that in general. Um, but she described us as a student. A student. Um, okay. And it's just like, you reviewed us in 2002. It's now 2008. <laughs> We're not still students. And it's kind, of like, it's kind of like, it was just this thing where it's kind of like, oh, this cunt again. Fucking hell. <laughs> Anyway, so we were at the Space Theatre, and um, uh, and it was 2006, and um, uh, I don't have any money, and I take this girl to see a night with Ian McKellen, and it's the most fucking bizarre show you've ever seen. <laughs> it's Ian McKellen uh, coming out at first, uh, dressed up as an old man who's doddering <laughs> through the audience, and he's sort of like, like, like on, with a walking stick and he's on the verge of falling over and he's got like a flat cap on and like an old jacket and then he gets to the top, he gets onto the, nobody knows it's him. Everyone thinks, oh, there's this old man trying to find a seat. But really? I don't, I mean, we were at the top. We had like... Not, like, excuse me. We didn't have excuse premiums. Excuse me. Yet. It was more like, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. And then... Did um, you, were you like, that's him, McKellen? <laughs> it was... It feels like I would know. It, it was I was just going to say it was just an odd show, right? And he gets to the front and he whips off his hat. It's, not, it's like the beginning of Charlie and the Chocolate, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. Whips off his hat and his coat and he goes, "It's me." <laughs> <laughs> and then he bursts into he bursts into all these anecdotes uh, about his glittering career. Yeah, at one point he goes, oh, well, well, I've just been making a film, actually. Uh, and then he gets out a prop out of his pocket and he hands around this sort of, like, uh, puzzle box out of the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Everyone's kind of like... So, yeah, he does a monologue from Richard III. Um, and then he talks about X-Men 3. <laughs> and he does, like, this bit... He does an act out of the Golden Gate Bridge scene <laughs> from X-Men 3. <laughs> And then no. he, he does a reading from Tolkien, and it's just like it's just bizarre. It's just like X Men Three. I mean, X Men Three and the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, it's just followed good, by uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like this really bizarre, weird show, and it goes on for ages as well. And then we. Uh, I love the idea of him coming on in disguise. 
it was, like Sherlock Holmes. It's bonkers, right? And so then at the end of it, uh, we all go up for drinks and stuff, and I'm going, oh, I did think that that was weird. I thought it was quite pretentious in places, and I turned around and he stood right next to me. Oh, God. <laughs> and like, oh, fuck it. So then a year later, uh, we're doing... What like, does his face do? I, well, I couldn't work out whether he'd heard me or not, but, he, but you know... Uh, and this is quite a long time ago. I thought now. it was a bit pretentious, actually. X Men Three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went on stage and he oh, talked. Bless him. The thing that's crazy about that is, he, at one point, Ian McKellen was directed by Brett Ratner, and yeah. you go fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, so so it got to um, the the year like a year after, or two years after. No, it must have been a couple of years later because we'd done. I think you stint by then, two thousand and eight. And then it was the 10th anniversary of Adam being at the space and looking after stuff. And so they did kind of like um, a, uh, a variety night where mm. like all the bits and pieces that he'd done. So I did a song for my Think You Stink and my friend Rob um, um, uh, accompanied me on guitar. And um, and then Rob did a monologue as well. So it's like a best of kind of review. It, kind it was of like thing. A, yeah, a review of all of the shows that they put. You know, loads of loads of companies and stuff came back and did their thing. And then we all stood in a line, and Ian McKellen's going along the line, and uh, somehow he gets distracted when he and he doesn't say hello. To, I mean, I've done a whole song all by myself. You know, I sang all by myself. He doesn't. Doesn't shake you by the hand. So he's essentially like the queen at Royal Variety. Or yeah, something. doesn't say well done. Uh, just moves on Shrink and then remembered. spends ages talking to Rob. And it was just like, and I was just like, I reckon he remembers me from the last time, no. from like three or four years <sighs> before. And then the show Vicious comes out. Yeah, years later. And um, me and my girlfriend at the time used to watch every single episode because we thought it was uh, crazy. A crazy show, very broad. Well, it is a kind of crazy show, isn't it? It's a guy that did um, "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme," isn't it? But uh, doing it, I think it's he the same did. A, he did a play called "Shopping and Fucking." Yeah, and um, uh, and he's, he's written this show called "Vicious," and it's just this really broad show, and you can sort of see it almost. And Ed By directed it, I think, mm -hmm. and you can sort of see that it's in their contract. It's like a Paul Newman, Steve McQueen thing, where. Um, they both want to have equal billing, and it's kind of like, well, we can't both make an entrance. No, but to do like what was essentially like an ITV sitcom at the time, McKellen probably especially was like massive, huge. Yes, but I think he was also having health problems, right? And so I think that it, he wanted to keep working, and obviously doing something with Derek Jacobi and Francis Delatour was kind of like something that was like you, you don't have to. Travel, yeah, it's yeah. not far away, you can just do rehearsals. They're probably mates. A studio sitcom. I mean, McKellen and Jacoby would definitely be mates. Mm. And then, so each episode starts with Derek Jacoby on the phone to his mum. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, so every episode starts with that. So it must yeah. have been kind of like, right, well, every episode starts with you, Derek. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so every episode starts with you, Derek. And then I will make a grand entrance at the top of the stairwell. 
And there, have you I have basically been engineering this, so you do your vicious impression. So, yes, mother! Yes, mother! Yes, mother! What's that? You sound like a gaggle of schoolgirls. <laughs> And, and a round of applause like the funds huge round of applause like the funds so, so uh, Ian McKenna were making entrance at the top of this staircase that was in their living room set wearing kind of like a silk kind of smoking jacket great show <coughs> great show Crazy show. It was. Right. And then there was the guy that's at Game of Thrones that was their yeah, young yeah, neighbour yeah, yeah. that they both kept trying to fuck. Yeah. And uh, he had this terrible wig in every episode. And um, it was just a really crazy show. We watched every episode. <laughs> and um, I remember they... Uh, it was one of those things. I think because they got they got McKellen in it and they got Jacoby in it, they got the whole cast assembled, that before it even started, I think they'd, like, commissioned, like, three series. Right, yeah. Like, just to go... And I don't know if they were like filmed back to back. They seem to be on like in quick succession. Well, they t- well so so I, I we were just fascinated by this sitcom, <laughs> uh, and not one hundred percent because it was good. And um, and then I bumped into uh, some of the crew, and um, I said how and they I found out they worked on it, and I said this is fascinating. And it was around about Christmas time, and. Um, uh, and so I managed to get us tickets to go and see it oh, being amazing. recorded. Instead of going to a pantomime, I went to see Vicious get recorded, right? And they tweaked the format now where there was like a out-of-studio section of them walking down the road together. So they'd have kind of like a little chat together at the beginning of every episode rather than like each of them having a grand entrance. Um, and... Um, uh, and so we went to see it and it was really confusing because it's kind of like we got there and I just was kind of like, all right, we're going, we're going to see this, this show. We were in the green room um, watching, watching it on monitors and they were like, oh, no, you can go and see it on the studio floor. And we were like, no, no, that's fine. We're watching the green room. I said, no, 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 go through to the studio floor. It's like, oh, OK. So we were going through to the studio floor and um, it says everywhere, no alcohol allowed on the set. And I was just like, OK. So we're going to go through, and he said, do you want to take some drinks in with you? And we were just like, no, no, that's fine. I don't want to make a fuss. It's just kind of, you know, like, just embarrassed about, yeah. you know, everything that's going on. Uh, not the show, but just like, um, <laughs> but like, you know, you just want to kind of go in and out, really. Yeah. Um, and then I say, no, 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 take a beer, take some beer in with you. And we're just like, well, it says no. And there's a whole audience of people and I don't want people to go, oh, oh he's, got he's got a beer. And, um, and it was just kind of like, uh, and I was like, no, 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 that's fine. I don't, I don't And they said, go on. Take, and we were like, oh, okay. And then it was like, it's such fluster, so, so much fluster at the time. So we just went in and we went in and the first thing that happened was the floor manager came over and she said, you're not allowed drinking here. And she was fucking furious with us. And she said, you're not allowed drinking here. And I was like, I, yeah, I know. It's, it's fine. Um, I'm ju-, and she goes, I know who you are. And you're um, not allowed drinking here, and it's just like I'm not, I'm not fucking, I'm not, I'm not doing any, I'm not doing anything, right? <laughs> uh, and so we sort of like got rid of the drinks, and then, um, and then someone else came over and said, "Would you like to, um, would you like to stand behind the cameras? There's some seats over there behind the cameras that you can sit on." And we were just like, "No, honestly, there's no." Fu-. And then basically, it was all being hushed and whispered because they're in between takes and stuff like this, and so they just sort of like usher us along and sit us down, and we're just sort of like, sat there. and it's just all confusing and I'm so embarrassed by the entire situation and it, I haven't we haven't put ourselves in the situation it's just a series of mm. um, uh, miscommunications from all of all of the crew there that have kind of like put us in this thing and, and it's kind of like I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sort of like 
I mean, I don't like leaving the house at the best of times, and this is just beyond humiliation. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. think that I'm being like yeah, Billy yeah, yeah. Big Balls, and I've turned up on set. I'm on a BBC Three sitcom, don't you know? Do you know what I mean? They think <laughs> I'm being a real wanker about it all, and I'm kind of like, oh God, no, this is this is all a misunderstanding. They've all been working in McKellen for uh, the last six weeks and, or whatever, and, and we're sat in these seats that we've been put in, and we're just kind of like going, oh my God, and then uh, and then. Uh, um, we, we look over and Ian McKellen is stood next to us because um, it's been right on the floor and we're just like going, oh God, right, okay, um, don't know what to do. And then he stood there for like a minute and then someone comes over and says, do you mind getting out of Ian McKellen's seat? No! And we're just like, oh fucking hell, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> And so we get fucking... T- so I guess I haven't met him. I guess I've nearly met him three times. That's the third one, then. So that was the first oh. time at the space, second time at the space, and then the third time. And yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I, I swear that he remembers me from each time. Of course time. he does. He Fires me kind of remember you. It's like... I reckon um, every time he's flicking through BBC3, yeah. he's like... Oh, what a bloody hell. <laughs> he just keeps getting opportunities. <laughs> My favourite thing is him coming in dressed as an old man. As if no one, <laughs> as if everyone going to see him, McKellen wouldn't go. There's him, McKellen. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. We we didn't have. We were like sat on this balcony looking down, so we didn't really have the best possible view. I went to see um, uh, Tommy Steele once do. Scrooge. I saw Tommy Steele. Do you? I saw Tommy Steele do the Tommy Steele show. Oh yeah, where was that at? I can't remember. I saw him at the Palladium, and in Scrooge, he plays Scrooge, mm. so he's bent over. And sort of with his stick all the way through. And at the end, he comes to do his bow at the end, uh, comes on with his stick at the end that he's been using throughout the show, throws it away, takes his jacket off, does a bit of a tap dance, and he go, that showbiz, mate. He knows how it's done. Yeah. That's how you do it. Apparently he was a fucking nightmare. Oh, I've heard he's an absolute nightmare. Well, we can say that, can't we? Is it it a nightmare? Tommy Steele? Apparently he did did a a singing in the rain bit where he danced around in the rain. Apparently all the crew used to piss in the water. (laughs) So, um, <laughs> thirteen. I mean, they're not they're not working, are they? Red. Doesn't work. Make Doesn't a work. Way. The buttons don't fucking work. Thirteen. I'm not being funny, am I? I mean, it's literally no. everyone looking at me earlier like I was a fucking cunt. I didn't know how to press a fucking button, and the fucking buttons don't work. Yeah, yeah. Not making it up. The buttons don't work. Maybe it is. Maybe it's. Uh, anyway, we're doing um, my uh, White Christmas is 120 minutes. Platoon is 120. Let's not all watch Platoon together. Nah, a bit depressing. And uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, sad news, guys. 121 minutes. Doesn't make the cut. Doesn't make the cut. Sorry. No, Robin Williams. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I know. I know what you're doing, but look, when I was doing it, I was like, <laughs> I mean, you saw, didn't you? Yeah, Nick is coming. Nick help. Oh, oh look. Well, <laughs> I'll show you this. I'll show you this. I'll show you this. Right. I'm just gonna do this. Right. I'm just gonna do that. And then I'm gonna do that. And then I'm gonna do that. You see? Nick. That has never had to be done before in the history of Fubar. All right, so you you can't it's just you can't just bring in new new up to date technology. You know you can't bring in this specialist technology and then expect me to just know how to use it without any prep time. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I'm sorry to uh, finish uh, the song with the telling off. <laughs> this shouldn't have to happen on air, but we've got some fan mail now because some people appreciate us. Fan, five, cla- five, five Cla Flan Club. <laughs> um, five, 
Five Star Fan Club. Sure, um, so we've got some fan mail this week. Five Star Fan Club? More like Two Star Fan Club. When will the John this. Carpenter chat stop? I think what's happened oh, is because okay. Okay. because we keep saying that we don't really talk about John Carpenter that much, people are now just jumping onto it, trying to annoy us. Like. What I would say is I've watched one film this week and it was Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and it's not just... Uh, it's not just John Carpenter, but it was produced by Shep Gordon, uh, yes. who's Alice Cooper's manager. Alice Cooper's and in stars it. Alice Cooper in it as a homeless man. And uh, I've got a massive Prince of Darkness poster uh, next to my TV in a lovely frame. And, uh, and I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to watch Prince of Darkness because uh, I've got a poster of it next to my TV. I've just yeah. put it up this week, uh, the poster. Um, I've got it framed because it's an Alice Cooper, John Carpenter thing, right? Uh, and I thought, I'll watch Prince of Darkness again because I didn't love it when I first saw it, but. You know, I'm going to give it another chance. And I watched it again. Fucking hell, it's boring. It's, it's not my favourite. It's so boring. It has its moments, but yeah, it doesn't it's feel like it's... It's got some genuinely interesting imagery later on. Yeah. It sort of picks up for the last half hour. Alex Cooper's in it. I never really understand that kind of future thing about it as well. That kind of like... It's like another element on top of it where you go... Ah, oh, right, what's, what's all this There's about? kind of like this, it's got a really cool, weird ending. There's some really disgusting makeup effects in it. Yeah. But it's fucking boring. And also they did this thing, right? So Alice Cooper on stage, he gets a mic stand and he shoves it through mm. uh, like um, uh, a guard. Like there's some guards that come on stage and they're going to arrest him at, during his live show. So when, whenever yeah. you go and see Alice Cooper live and he gets a mic stand and he shoves it through someone and you see like the, the pole come yeah. out the other end, right? And he was uh, on set of John Carpenter's thing when he was on tour or he was kind of in between tours. And I think he was going to have a cameo and then he enjoyed it so much and John Carpenter liked working with him so much that they said basically, oh, why don't you come back and we'll give you a featured role? And they were like, great. And then they were like, can, is there anything that you can do uh, that you can like bring 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 to the to the thing, and Alice Cooper's like, well, I've got this prop where it's like a mic stand. That if I shove it through someone, it like come out their back. You know, there's like this uh, contraption on their back with a telescopic um, thing that goes out, stick that comes out, and so you, you it it contracts when you push it in the chest, and then it telescopes out of this back panel. Yeah, and they're like, great. What we'll do is we'll turn it into half a bicycle. So they they attach that contraption onto half a bicycle, and so there's a scene where Alice Cooper picks up this bike in the street, and then he shoves it into this guy. It's quite a brutal death, and then the guy sort of like falls down, and he's like resting on this bike, and he's sort of like just swaying as he's on this bike tire, and it's kind of like really disturbing. But the whole point about it is that it's an in-camera trick yeah. where he. You can push it in one side and it just pops out the other side. So you know, but the way they film it is they film him pushing it in and then they <laughs> cut and then they see it coming out the other end and you go like, no point. Well, what's the point? What was the point in that mm. then? It's a theatrical trick. It's Turn a theatrical tr trick that they've that they've edited up and you go well. I mean, that's badly directed, John. Mm. I would say because you know, yeah, that, that was it. That, the whole point of that. Would you go? How do they do that? Um, so uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a good one. No, it's not got, my favourite. And he made in the mouth of madness after that. Do you know and what? That, that is an incredible film. Oh yeah, that's and that's like one. That's his last good one. Absolutely, it is. Anyway, um, so we don't talk about John Carpenter that much. <coughs> 
but this is obviously an ironic review because it says, would love to hear your opinion on a real composer like Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's Philip from Tring. I doubt it is actually Philip from Tring. I suspect that it's actually Andrew Lloyd Webber writing in. Probably. Uh, he's, he, always, obviously, he's always on our back. Obviously, the Cats trailer debuted yesterday. Yeah. What do you text? I mean, oh. you, you never, you never text me just to say, "Have you seen the trailer <laughs> no. for something?" No. Uh, and I was like, "Oh my god, this has got to be bad." It's a, it's um, it's like a made up of everything. It makes me feel a bit sick when you watch it. Do you know what I mean? It makes you go, "I feel it kind of ill." Their buttocks are so well defined, <laughs> and then there's a tail coming out of them. I mean, it's just like um, it is actually one of the worst things I've ever seen with yeah. my eyes. Yeah, it's. I just I cannot believe how. Like I think that the musical Cats is the shittest thing I've ever seen. I don't. Yeah. I can't, it's base. It's Pop Idol set in a set in a um, a junkyard yeah. where all these cats turn up and they try and enter Pop Idol, and then one of them flies off on a spaceship at the end, right? <laughs> Um, it, that is literally what Cats is and it's fucking four hours it's fucking terrible right but um, to make the musical out of it you just think to make a movie out of it it's kind of like bizarre enough because there's no yeah. real plot it's just a series of things and then oh my god it's I, you can't unsee it but you yeah. know like how you, they first showed you Will Smith with kind of like as the genie yeah. and his his face didn't <laughs> His face sort of like wobbled around a bit within the structure of the CGI character. Like all of them are doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and they look like they could be wearing leotards. So you yeah. just think, why have you CGI'd everything? Do you know when you're watching something sort of that's kind of bombastic as well, and the trailer's all got like little moments in it that you're meant to go, oh, <laughs> and chuckle along to. It feels like you're watching that, but none of that's happening in your own head. You just go, oh god, oh what's this? Well, the first name uh, that comes up is it, you've you've seen the trailer for about like it's like a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, and you've seen trailer. Judy Dench and people. You've, you've seen, all, and then it says starring James Corden. Yeah, and then the first time he uh, he uh, and it's just, you go, oh no, I mean. It just looks terrible. Not not necessarily that James Corden's even in it, but what they've done with that, I mean, it's just every, um, it just looks like it's like every decision that's made is like a terrible one. And I just imagine them all like that. Tom Hooper, the director, he's kind of signed on for this thing, and at every moment, like when I think a film with that kind of budget as well, where they've been given little sketches of like what they're going to look like. And the designer's gone, yeah, something like this. And the director was looking at these sketches going, I mean, no, not, no, can we, can we do something else? Is there another, can we go again? Can oh, we, uh, oh, oh, yeah, sure, I'll direct it, yeah, but my name's not going to be on it, is it? <laughs> it's like, it's, it just looks like you're, you must be making it going, oh, God, this is it, and that's, uh, well, this will be my last film. But actually, I also think it might be massive. I think it might be massive. I don't think it's going to be massive. I think if you like Cats the Musical, you'll be watching that going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then if you don't like Cats the Musical, you're not interested in it anyway. And if you like Cats the Species, you'll be looking at that going, what the fuck is this? Mm. And if you don't like Cats... Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it sort of reminds me a bit of that. My, 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 my girlfriend's a, uh, a cat fan. And... Uh, and I was watching that trailer thinking, I've got no idea what she'll make of this. <laughs> but I assume she'll hate it. Because it's just I, I, so I, I, I horrible and creepy. I can't imagine anyone looking at that going that that, that looks yeah. acceptable. It feels like you're watching some sort of weird, like, um, 
furry thing or something. We're not talking about fan stuff at the moment. We're literally just talking about... We're literally talking about a trailer. Um, so she's saying that I should be playing music right now, but I don't know. It's like, almost like she's unfamiliar with the format of the show. Anyway, we're going to be doing fan mail stuff now. <laughs> so I'm going to play the music. Five Star Fan Club. Oh, we've done that one. Okay. Hey, Nat and Nick. Nat, what is your favourite time of year? You seem to like... Uh, Nat, what is your favourite... You Nat, seem like is... an autumn dude asking for a friend from Quinn. Nat, what's your favourite time of year? Uh, I like winter. I quite like being cold. I quite like it. I quite like having to wear a coat. Mm. Put a scarf on. Probably more so than autumn. What about you, Nick? I'm an autumn kind of guy. Autumn. I like uh, the leaves changing from green to yellow. I like the rain. And I like uh, masturbating a lot. And uh, that's the only time of year that I've really got the time to do it. Uh, hey, Nat and Nick. <laughs> Nat, I've done that. Hi, I've got to admit I am a new listener, but I was told by a friend to listen to the show. His name is Aaron... I haven't got time to listen back to all the shows, so could you give me a brief summary of the past 58 episodes? Cheers, boys. Clues in the title, mate. Five-star fan club. Hi, guys. I'm really into world music and dance. Do you guys have any dance moves we should know about? Bako? No. Is his name, Bako? Hi, no, Nick and Nat. Really like the show, but I don't understand why you play so much Alice Copper. Well, I've not played <laughs> one Alice Copper song. That's weird. Maybe we will. What's the obsession all about? Thanks, C.C. Smith. Uh, Well, you're a moron. Hello, I'd love to know your thoughts on the work of Jamie Dornan. I'm rather partial to his ability. Yours, Sydney. What are your thoughts on Jamie Dornan? I don't know that I've ever seen anything with him in. He's in um, Fifty Shades, isn't he? Of course, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him in a film, though. Have you got any thoughts about him? Um, I'm not a massive fan, I've got to say. Right, well, that's all of the fan mail dealt with. Now I've got, We've got oh, some. Scroll down. Oh. Scroll down. Oh, Bang Saw Screw, 11th July 2019. Bang the Five stars. Bang! What great movie chat. Saw the guests' names and had to listen. Screw the other podcasts. A great listen, but I need to get this wood sorted now. All the best. Love, John. Thanks, Chad. And more like that. Just keep them rolling in. Uh, really does make me wonder what all of this is bang, like. Bang, screw. <sighs> bang, screw. I screw. don't understand why you play so much Alice Copper. <laughs> Fucking. Anyway, that's our fans. That's our fans. Oh, my We've God. We've been sent something, though. We've been sent some things. We've been sent. Unundated. Inundated. Inundated. Unundated. Inundated. What's this? This is an actual real piece of paper. That's been sent in. Um, uh, just getting ready to play the song again. What's that you've been sent? Yeah, we've got two posters. Two posters. Is it one each, do you think? I think so. I don't know if it's going to be the same thing. First poster is... Oh, oh fucking wow. hell. It's a poster for Sorcerer. Signed by William Freakin. Is, it, is that signed? Yeah. Who sent this in? presume it might be on your thing. It's all the same person, isn't it? Is it it all the same person? No? No, No, it's not all the same person. Hang on. Have you opened up the other one? No, hang on. Oh, my God, Nat. I mean, we've got two minutes before we go and get the guest. Right, you... I'll do the letter. Yeah. 
Right, dear Nick and Nathaniel Metcalf, long-time listener, first-time correspondent. The podcast has been a highlight of my week since it was recommended by my friend Simon over a year ago. It has reignited my love for film, in particular something which has been slowly... Uh, uh, has reignited my love for film in particular, something which has been slowly chipped away at over the past few years. And so for that, I thank you. Me too, actually. Yes. Um, I've really sort of stopped really watching films and enjoying films in the same way. And I think doing this podcast has made me realise that I do love stuff. Anyway, I've worked in the marketing side of the film industry for the past decade, but will soon be waving goodbye to it as I'm being encouraged to seek other means of employment, being made redundant. Um, oh, yeah, well, we've got, we got a signed... Two signed William Friedkin social posters. Thank you very much. Who, who sent them in? Anyone... Is there no like letter or correspondence in there? Don't seem to be. I think it's all from the same. I thought it was all from the same place, now. I, I don't know why you think that. They came on different days. Maybe, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, it's the same guy. As I've been clearing out my desk and looking back on the film campaigns I've worked on, the one I'd say I was the biggest five-star fan of was William Friedkin's Lost Classic Sorcerer, from its conception and Fitzgerald-esque production, right through to its bombing at the box office in 77 at the hand of sleeper hit Star Wars. It has a fascinating story and one which isn't talked about enough, and on top of that, it's a fucking amazing film. Do you know what? Never seen it. Uh, is it, Is it Roy Scheider? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to. Right, now I'm going to. Now better. Anyway, uh, you might be fully aware of this and already own a copy of Sorcerer, rendering this redundant like myself. However, I thought I'd send you guys a copy of it each, along with a quad post of the anniversary artwork each, signed by Mr... That's incredible. Wow. I thought you both might appreciate it more than leaving it here for the vultures to pick over for <laughs> someone to just chuck in the bin. Keep up the good work, Scott M. P.S. I've also chucked in some special edition steelbooks which need a good home. Only one each of those, sorry. Don't apologise. Oh, wow. That's so lovely. And do you know what? Um, even more than the poster and even more than uh, all of these uh, Blu-rays and DVDs that you've sent us. Oh, do you know what? He sent us a copy of Sorcerer. Um, thank you for just writing in and letting us know that someone is listening out there because uh, week on week we ask for feedback from Fubar and they are in absolute secrecy and denial that we have one listener. <laughs> so it's nice to know that there is God, someone. Thank you very much. God, I'm absolutely amazed. Oh, yeah, what is this? The Mist? Monsters, not seeing that. Wow, Eternal we, Sunshine. Do we have to do the next hour? Sorcerer, we just, what's Lost Sorcerer? in Translation, Downfall, Bronson. Ah, Bronson's a fucking incredible film. Let the Right One In, Sorcerer again, one each. The Raid, not seen The Raid. My mate watched, mate, Joel Domic came over once and he made me watch The Raid too and he said, don't worry, don't need to have seen the original. Do you know what? <laughs> they <laughs> fucking do. <laughs> Hobo with a Shotgun and Lemmy. Wow, what an amazing incredible, collection of Blu-rays. Incredible, Thank you very much. Um, More listeners like Scott, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't bother writing in reviews, just send us Blu-rays. Can't quite understand why you pay so much Alice Copper. Well, fucking hell. I mean, if there's one thing that really chafes my nuts, it's uh, the fact that uh, you spelt his name wrong. Also, if you're listening to it week on week, and I like the phrase week on week... It feels old-fashioned somehow. Um, yeah, then you must know by now that he's an eclectic uh, artist that's completely undervalued and underplayed. Yeah. There's a um, this one. My track this week was chosen by <coughs> Theo, who sort of recommended it to me. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to this then. Okay. Uh- 
do a thing closer. My computer just closed itself down. I think I've been Nah, only joking. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Now count to three. Come with me, and you'll be. We've got a new. We've got a new. We've got a new. Hang on, we've got a new system this week. Nick Helm in Italian Metal Fan Club Super Radio. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Cool. Oh, we're joined uh, in the studio now by uh, uh, Morgan McLean, uh, who is a cheese maker slash expert. Yeah. You might say she's a bit of a cheesy lady. She's a lady. Yeah. Cheesy lady. Thanks. See, like, <laughs> she's a lady. Like yeah. she's a la- cheesy lady. Yeah. Have you had that before? <laughs> no, first time. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, we're, we're, of... we're basically planning that for about three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're that's our big. That's our big. Uh, <laughs> so that's all we have. Yeah. I'm going to carry it around we, with me. We don't. Normally, she's a lady. We don't, we don't normally. Uh, we don't normally make that much of an effort for Thank people. Thank you guys. We've been very, <laughs> very excited about uh, the fact that you're coming on. Aww. So um, I'll move these out of the way. Um, <laughs> So I met you on uh, Sunday Brunch, didn't yes. I? What, a few, couple of years ago? Must have been, yeah. I've been doing it for kind of two, three years. So it was uh, one of my first shows, I think. And you're their resident cheese expert. I am, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, and you, uh, you own and run a cheese shop in Muswell Hill. Yes, so I've had it for like, since I was 19. Wow. So, long time, yeah. So I'm, I was born in Muswell Hill on the road behind the cheese shop. Right. And then I was doing my degree and I took a Saturday job there. Kind of fell in love with it a little bit. Went home and I was like, Dad, how do you feel about me buying a cheese shop? And he kind of laughed in my face. Um, and then I did a PowerPoint presentation for him of how I think it would work. <laughs> when, you were really? 19, when you were 19? Yeah. And yeah. he was like, if you come up with some evidence that you think this is going to work. And I showed up, he's a head teacher, showed up at his school. And I was like, look at my PowerPoint. <laughs> and I think just because he felt so guilty that I'd spent ages doing like putting my head onto people in the cheese shop and doing this massive So it's an existing cheese shop that you were just working in? Yeah. But it was kind of in quite a lot of trouble. It wasn't doing very well. And we just hit a recession. So buying any business was stupid. Let alone yeah. cheese why, shop. Was, why was the cheese shop not doing well? Um, I don't want to be horrible. The last owner kind of ordered things that she liked mm. um, and took quite a lot home. So very we didn't like sell. Like bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bacon and We just porn. didn't sell a lot of cheese, basically. <laughs> um, and so it just needed a bit of a kick into you know modern times when we got on the internet we started doing instagram and that completely changed the business so mm-hmm. and that was years ago so yeah it's been a little while which wow. is good and it's a success story yeah well, i think po- so to the point that uh, you're now the resident cheese expert on sunday brunching you've just had a book that came out yeah so just written a book yeah all about cheese have you got a copy yeah i brought you one. can I have a look there you go Really good. I stopped by your shop to buy it, but um, you'd closed early that day. Yeah, I'd gone to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually shut early? Yeah, I had. Unbelievable. Nick sent me a picture of him outside. I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was filming. Uh, oh, and you've signed it. Yeah. Wow, this is a big day for, uh, for signings because uh, we've just had. Uh, I think this is probably better than. No. Is it better than William Friedkin? So. Is it better or worse than uh, William Friedkin? I think it's better. better. Well, normally what better. happens Friedkin's is we not here, is he? Normally, yeah. what happens is we have a comedian that comes on and they talk, and, we, and then we, we uh, uh, steamroll them into talking about what their favourite films are for an hour. Yeah. Um, uh, but 
we're not doing that today. We're going to talk about cheese. Cheese, talk about cheese. yeah, go for it. One of the things that I am a massive fan of is cheese. Well, I, I like cheese, but I think I am, I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly scared of some cheeses. Like I think. what? I don't know, because I don't, I, I'm always a bit like worried about, like if I don't know what it is, yeah. I'm always a bit worried about it. So I wouldn't get like a big lot of it. In okay. case it's so just like little, little bits. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like I'm not not against cheese. Yeah, good. But I think some of them are I find scary in a kind of no, oh. right. Like I, I I didn't go near a brie till uh, really till I'd say five six years ago. I was what? Like, yeah, yeah, I was like that's I don't big. know. But then when you have it, you go, oh, yeah, this is fine. Delish. I'm, I'm, I was I think I was put off by the uh, the skin. It's the like rind. what is yeah. that? Well, until quite well, the not rind, recently. Yes. What I wouldn't say until recently is, yeah, I was always a bit unsure about what part of the cheese you were allowed to eat. Yeah. No, I knew which bit you were allowed to eat. Yeah, but it was always a bit like, and then can you eat the rind? Yeah, yeah. Most yeah, of them. Okay. I mean, if it's waxed, obviously not. But most of them are natural rinds. So you don't. You don't but eat also, the, like, you just the have skin to of an edam. No, not no? so much. I think it's a bit chewy. Uh, <laughs> a bit, uh, okay. See, I, but also I like things like a laughing cow and things. Yeah, Is that you know. The people turn their nose up at laughing cow. <laughs> no, I mean, do I you know, know what? You like what you like. Yeah, I'm not too. here to preach. So you um, turn your nose up. I know I love cheese strings. <laughs> cheese strings. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, I love a I cheese string. my yeah. favourite. I mean, I don't know how much cheese is in it, guys. Right. <laughs> my fa- my favourite cheese would be a cheese string. Really? Uh, I like to... Uh, we need to change your mind on after that. After a Cote de Boeuf, I will be in a little uh, French bistro. I'll order a glass of port and uh, a plate of cheese strings. Lovely. What, ripped up already? Baby or? Bell's cheese strings and maybe, yeah, some uh, laughing cow. But you are quite continental, aren't you? So that oh, makes yeah, sense. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, no, I've never actually had a cheese string. Have so, you not? No. To be fair, I have had them, and they are quite fun. They're all right. Yeah, sure. they're, they're all right. right. Sure, they're, they're right. very much the cheese equivalent of a String. fish stick. Yeah. Where they can kind of like... Oh, yeah, those horrible... Or an ocean stick, a, a fish-flavoured ocean stick. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Because mm. they're not actually made of fish, are they? But what are they made of? Oh, the cheese string's not made of cheese. I know that for sure. What's it made of? I think it's like a teeny bit of cheese and a lot of like chemicals that make it stringy. But... What's your what's your biggest selling cheese? So I brought it with me actually, the Black Bomber. Are we allowed to? Yeah, you to, can have it. Are we allowed, have to, some. Are we allowed to eat? This yeah. In the, in the yeah, go for it. Oh, I don't know if you are crumbs and everything. But I feel a bit bad. Can we get like uh, some uh, knives and forks and stuff, and then we'll do like a cheese sample? Yeah, have it. Um, so biggest sellers in the shop are Black Bomber cheddar, really really big seller. So cheddar, yeah. Yeah, and the brie, which is in there as well, which you'll see it's like running all over the place. Yeah. So we only serve it at like room temperature, mm-hmm. which means literally sometimes I get in the morning it's fallen over the counter. I mean, but when you when you open Natalie, the shop, are you right with this? Do you want to come in and have a bit? Because it smells. <laughs> it smells of cheese. It is a bit stinky. And what is that with the smell of cheese? Yeah. I mean, presumably, like when you come into the shop every morning, mm. uh, do you go? Oh my god! No, you get used to it. It's one of those weird things. It's like um, after all the years of being in there, I can't smell it anymore, which is a problem. Probably a problem. Yeah, because if I come out today, I probably stink of cheese, which is not. <laughs> She's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you become unaware of the fact that you smell like cheese all the time, which isn't great, but you know. I can't smell any cheese. You can't. No. Just wait for it. Well, you can. I can't smell it yet. You must be able to. Can well. you smell it? It's very strong. Is it? Oh my god, it's gorgeous though. It is. Um, so your biggest seller is a cheddar and the brie. And I'd the brie. say yeah, they're sure. massive. Sellers. And I would say that's classic. What's your favourite cheese? So for me, Personally. I do like black bomber to take I home, but I like brie with truffles because it's just over the top. Right. So it's really, really good. Brie with truffles. Yeah, but um, to be fair, they're all yummy. Oh my god! Right. Um, 
Yeah, just eat some. So just the one knife that <laughs> provided us. Just the one knife. I'm surprised there is a knife in Fubar, so, actually. I'm impressed. Um, so this is... So let's talk us through it. This is the most un- like unusual cheese in the world. It is this a... One. Yeah, blue cheese covered in chocolate with chocolate liquor going all the way through it. Okay. It's really strong, Do so I don't know if you'll like it. Oh, I don't. It's not that I won't like it. It's just that I'm... Scared. I'm unadventurous. <laughs> so do you make the cheese? I make some cheeses. None of these, because I've been None on holiday. But, okay. um, Where have yeah. you been? I just got back from France to the Jura region. We were picking out our cheeses for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we go over there, we pick out the cheeses we're going to have, and they mature them for us. And then they just we have loads of drink and wine. And it's basically like four-day piss-up with the cheesemakers. <laughs> so it's really good. Really, really fun. That sounds incredible. And you, yeah. And then you close you early like, some days just to go to the pub. didn't open. What kind of job is this? <laughs> I know. What is it? Could, do, you need any, do you need any other staff? Yeah. I mean, we probably do, actually. Okay. So someone this can keep be. it open. What are these two little pots of... Um... Um, so one of them is chilli jam, which is delish. And That's the sweet. other one is fig relish, mm-hmm. which goes with the Bluetooth. Okay. So equally yum. And if well, I went in there as a lay person, oh God, you, would, you would be able nice. to guide me. Yeah. So basically, the thing is, obviously, when I got the shop, I was 19 years old. I didn't know an awful lot about cheese. And I found it to be like an old man's game. Like the people that were coming in were, you know, older generation. Yeah. No one I knew even came to the shop when I first got it. So we basically just tried to make it more Instagram worthy, which meant that we were trying to get people to come in and try cheese and have kind of Netflix chill cheese nights instead of it being, you know, a dinner party thing. I think I've misunderstood what Netflix and chill means. <laughs> no, but nights in, nights in. Right, okay. Nights Netflix in and chill, doesn't that mean you're watching Netflix and then you have sex? That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, but then you but have cheese instead. cheese element as well. Netflix. Um, I think every time... Um, I have sex. There's always some form of cheese. Oh, really? <laughs> no, actually, hang on. <laughs> um, uh, just try the blue cheese. Just, yeah, just that blue cheese with the chocolate on it is, um, so is incredible. It's Do you eat serious. the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So what's this on the back? So on so the back, you've got... It's a bit mouldy. <laughs> so it moulds over. It moulds over on the on chocolate. On the chocolate, yeah. It's good. Okay. Go All for right. it. Go on. Okay. <laughs> but the mould is edible. Yeah, you can eat the whole thing. It's quite strong. Look at him, it's like, like blowing it? his mind. It's kind of intense though, isn't it? Mm. In a great way. Like, but It's quite sweet, you can yeah. taste the chocolate in it, sorry. It's quite nice, because actually blue cheese and chocolate is a really, really good pairing, and then someone's come up with the genius idea of putting them together. Try some you know of what, this. this is quite strong. Try some of this I'm fine with it. You're good. It's not, it's yeah. not that strong. One of the first times when I was at university, so this is what, fucking 20, fucking 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> the first time I um, I was hanging around with a guy that I'd just met at uni. And um, we went into a supermarket and it was summer. And I bought some French bread and some campazola and a bottle of red wine. And I sat on the lawn. With my, and he just thought I was the most fucking sophisticated <laughs> person that he'd ever met. <laughs> and, you know. That is um, quite sophisticated, really, for uni. Yeah. I don't think we I ever was, had cheese I was in my 19, uni. 18 or 19. And I was just, you know, but I was ahead of the curve. We used to, so when curve, we were at art school, curve. we used to buy bottles of wine and cheap Easter eggs. 
you know, like the Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. After Easter, and that would be our dinner, lunch, and breakfast. <laughs> you get the reduced ones. <laughs> Literally, for a we just have a big, massive bottle of, like, or like a, you know, a magnum of white wine mm. and three or four Easter eggs. <laughs> and that was your diet. The whole of uni. So, I mean, it's a great way to live. Yeah, though. I mean, I loved what, it. What was this? What was this relish? Um, figgy relish. Figgy fig relish. That's lovely. Where did you go to uni? Um, I went to Goldsmiths to do oh, yeah. graphic design, but I've done nothing with. Well, actually, I've got a really good business card. To be fair. But you did graphic design even though already at that point you wanted to run your own cheese business. I just finished my degree. I was six months left of my degree. Right. And then I literally bought the shop that Christmas and then finished it in the June. Okay. Didn't do that well, but mm. by that point I had to. What did you get, sorry? I didn't do that well. 2-2? Two, two? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's all right. That's right. It's but all right. You, but then you came out of that and then you, Never ran, your needed own, it. Then you ran your own business. Never needed it. So I'm I, good. I yeah. got a first and I was unemployed for seven years. <laughs> really? So First is good. Yeah, but it didn't, it's literally, I've never needed it. It's yeah. absolutely done nothing for me. But I do make great posters at the shop. Really okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> really good yeah. posters with it. And uh, well, all it did was it taught me that um, I can just leave everything to the last minute and still do fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to learn early on. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, and also doesn't one. necessarily always work. Okay, so that's nice. Yum. And, that was, then, and it's called what the chocolate? Uh, it's called what the chocolate? chocolate. <laughs> Cocoa Twenty One. Cocoa Twenty One. Yeah. Cocoa Twenty One. Yeah. So it's a really different kind of cheese. And All right. then what else? So got? what next? Oh, so you've got Lancashire in the corner. This one. It's kind of a, a normal, very standard cheese, Kirkham's Lancashire, but it's nice. Yeah. It's a really good like cheese board cheese. Cheese board cheese. Cheese board cheese. Because mm-hmm. you have to accommodate everyone when you do cheese boards. This is the thing. What? It's not only about you. It's kind of what other no, people No, but I would eat. say, I would say if that first one, the chocolate one, is an adventurous one. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Really? Whereas you would imagine I'd be more of a Lancashire boring that's, cheese that's person. That's why I brought it, yeah. For people <laughs> like me. No, that's it. I'm very, yeah. But then, uh, so if you were putting together, so what is your tip for putting together a cheese board? So we always say hard, soft, blue, a goat or a stinky one. <laughs> and as long as you've got that, you've basically got a dynamic of cheeses. You're fine. You're good. And okay. it's also about what you like because you're probably going to end up with it left over or, you know, if it's your party, I wouldn't buy wine that I didn't like. So I wouldn't buy cheese that I didn't want to sure. kind of have left over. So, yeah. Hard, we, soft, blue, blue. Goat or smelly. Oh, but... Um, Not together. Or. Yeah. So goat or smelly. Tend to, so yeah. four cheeses. Yeah, four so the t- best. Hard, soft, blue. But I wouldn't include Cambazola as a blue well it's kind of a mix between softy blue isn't it well it's because because um, it's named after Camembert and Gorgonzola yeah you love it don't you I mean <laughs> I, but I always thought Cambazola because it's a German cheese so I always thought that Cambazola was um, like a German thing but it's literally a hybrid between but it's really a blue brie yeah not a blue brie a blue brie a blue brie not a blue brie <laughs> a blue brie yeah what do you think of the Lancashire one I thought it was really nice, but I feel like if I say it's really nice, it makes me sound bland. Oh, no, it's delicious. delicious. I thought it was lovely. <laughs> I it was See, lovely. it's a good And I thought it was subtle as well. Yeah. It's quite a subtle taste. It's one of those that you need on there. That's a goat's cheese, so you've got to like goat's cheese to have this. So goat's cheese is the cheese that everyone, it's kind of the Marmite, because it kind of smells like a goat, smells like a farm. People don't like it. Um, so you either really like it or you really don't like it. How do you feel about goat's cheese? Yeah, I thought feel? I was all right with it, but when you're describing it, it makes <laughs> me go, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> I think it's delicious. Like, Don't get me wrong, I'm just pre-warning you. Sure. So oh, you my God. Yummy? Mm. See, so you'll love that. Now, what mm. cheeses are you supposed to have with the relish? Oh, Any of them? So 
Or is with it... that one, I would say the fig one's the best because so the chili you do jam. Pick, you do... Yeah, chili jam is strong. It's really strong. So you have that with the cheddar. So okay. you don't want anything that's going to overpower the taste, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. God, that is good. <laughs> um, this judo is really crummy. Oh, my God. Lovely. <laughs> so, Megan, I'll try it without it first. But that okay. goat's cheese is like the size of kind of like um, a truffle. Yeah, you, you could, could just, just eat, eat it. You could just eat that in yeah. one go, couldn't you? But it's quite nice because it's strong as well. You don't have an awful lot of it. You're more likely to have more cheddar and brie. Or that's sure. what we find. But, yeah, this is what we do every day. Like, people just come in and ask us what they should buy. Yeah. You just point them in the direction of what I, we think's good. I bet you're fucking busy at Christmas, right? Yeah, have you, oh, did you know you weren't there at Christmas? Mom. No. Um, yeah, so basically, I should describe the shop. It's um, two metres by seven metres. Oh, it's teeny. Teeny, teeny. Teeny, teeny. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's mm. like cute. I think it is. I'm really it's biased. Beautiful. But um, it means you can only have one customer at a time. Artisan. Wow. So, so do you get a fucking queue? Yeah, so basically we... So Christmas is 72% that's, of the business. That's great. So basically, wow. it's fucking sorry. I'm just going to be repeating stuff because I'm <laughs> eating cheese at the same time. Seventy-two percent. Seventy-two percent of the business is December. So this time of year, this is this is why I go on so many holidays and chill out, and just shut, shut early. early. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Don't really mind. Um, and yeah, so at Christmas we have we're a female-only business. So at the moment we have three girls in the shop. At Christmas we have seven. Two of the girls' jobs are two really, they're really gorgeous little girls. They go up and down the queue with brandy and mince pies because the queue's about an hour and a half to get in. No. Yeah. It's, I'll try and give you some pictures. That's a uh, longer queue than uh, the queues for uh, the new Star Wars land at Disney. Mm, really? But that is very unsuccessful at the moment. But we're more interested in that. This goat's cheese. Yeah. I was expecting some. I think it's so, like, it's almost like the one... You can say I'm wrong. <laughs> I want to say that it's it, it almost doesn't have as strong a flavour as any of them so far. Really? I find it really subtle. See, go to, see the thing is for me, I don't really know because my taste is so strong now. I, just, I have so many strong cheese all the time. But we get a lot of things, people saying that goat is quite a strong goat's cheese. Really? Yeah. I think it tastes, goat, it tastes like a goat's cheese. I wouldn't know. Really? But it is... Um, Maybe I think it's, it's lovely. And, and, do you know what? I think I'm. I think I'm like a super cheese guy. Yeah. Because like yeah, all these yeah. strong ones, nothing. So yeah. What's, so what's nothing this, to me. What's this one with the rice? This is the ultimate cheese. This is black bomber. Yeah. It's everything. Extra mature cheddar. It's, this is the best cheese ever. I feel. Are you all right, Natalie? Because you yeah. like cheese. Do you want are to you come sure? in and eat some? It feels like it feels sad. I feel sad yeah, for you. Yeah, there is plenty. Natalie, is Natalie coming in? Get in here. Um, sit down, sit down over here, and sit, uh, sit at the microphone. I'd like to take some for Theo as well. Yeah, no, of sure. course you can. Yeah, but we're not going to eat all the cheese. Okay. Right, there's going to be some cheese left over. Okay, so I'm going to cut you some of that. Yeah, do you like a mini cheese board? Um, and then I'm going to cut you some of that. Uh, and then Great cutting. I think I think you're the best <laughs> guest we've ever had. They gave me a terrible. They gave me a terrible knife. This is the best guest we've ever had since Sean McLaughlin came along and we ordered a uh, bacon, bacon. Uh, Did you? <laughs> um, yeah, so black bomber. Don't, don't get, don't get gonna, this I'm is for you. This it. is for, yeah, this, then enough for Theo. He can okay. wait until. Okay. <laughs> I'll try it, Theo. Okay. Mm. So, so you'll be up to date, all right? Yeah. So that one, uh, that Natalie. Is well, that's Lancashire. That's mm. Lancashire, Natalie. This is the black bomber. It's a subtle, it's a subtle <laughs> cheese. 
And it's quite sister. a basic cheese, isn't it? <laughs> and, well, uh, it's just a, yes. Yeah, would you call it a basic cheese? A staple, mm, I'd a say. Staple. Mm. It's a staple. Basic lovely. No, it does sound bad, doesn't yeah. it? It's lovely. It's a staple. Is this Black Bomber? Yeah, mm. this is it. This is Black Bomber. This is the um, bath. Now, that's a strong cheese. That's stronger than the um, goat's mm. cheese. Mm. Do you like it? You're not sure? I haven't had it yet. Oh, right. <laughs> Is this the goat's cheese? That is, yeah. That is the goat's cheese. Mm-hmm. Do you want the goat's cheese? Yeah, okay. yeah. This is the last bit of goat's mm. cheese. Oh, I don't need that much. Let's split that in half, I mean. Oh. Is that Lancashire? Is it? Have a bit of cheese. Yeah, Lancashire. Yeah, it's a Lancashire, Natalie. <laughs> a Lancashire cheese. Mm. Mm. This is lovely. Yeah. yeah. And this is strong, is it? Yeah. I'll tell you what that fucking goat's cheese is. <laughs> this is nothing. No- oh, man, this is nothing. I should have gone stronger. You should have gone stronger. Sorry. Turns out I played I'm, like, it safe. I'm like cheese Superman. That's it. Mm. Lovely. Mm. I don't yeah. find it that strong. Really? Mm. It's quite like tangy, though, mm. isn't it? But yeah, that's a really, really big seller. Because people love that because it's kind of creamy. What they do is like normal cheddar, you mature it, you leave it to mature. This one, they keep churning it. So they mature it and then churn it again. So you mm. get the real creaminess to it. So it's very good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. That, well, yeah. I mean, in terms of cheddar, in terms of cheddar, I prefer mild cheddar. Do you? It's mm. too strong. Did you no, have it with chili jam? It's not that it's too strong. I just. Um, oh, can I have another bit? I'm just not a really massive jam, fan of. I'm just not a massive fan of um, cheddar, I suppose. Yeah, you but, like um, more softy creamies. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, I like. I do like camembert, mm. and I do. Oh, sorry, I give you the knife, but I didn't give you. A, I'll move that over. Um, <laughs> this is probably the most disgusting half hour of radio to listen to. I was just thinking like, that people oh. would just listen to things. Yeah. Oh. I recommend it to John Robbins. He likes uh, <laughs> people like this one. Yeah, so it's a good seller. Everyone loves it. You have it yeah. with something strong. It's the best thing on like toasties, cooking with, because it melts like loads. Yeah. Oh, the, so the Black Bomber? It. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. It's very good. But yeah, so that sells loads. And then um, it's from Snowdonia and they keep really well. So we get like hundreds of them in a week. Holy moly with the chilli jam. Yeah, perfect. Oh, is it really good? Perfect oh. pairing. Right. Get on this. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so you're having black bomber with truckleman's chilli jam, which is amazing. Um, and these little pots, basically, we got these made because... Do you make these jams as no, well? No, but we used to get the big ones, and I asked the company to make us single people's versions because we found that people would come in, they just want a piece of cheese on their own, and I didn't want to ever isolate anybody from buying chutney. So mm. this is quite a cute way of giving single men mm. and women a cheese night on their own. Yeah, well, lots of lonely people looking so for cheese. There's a few, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think this is... But, I mean, there's nothing stopping people from buying a normal, regular size jar yeah but it seems and then putting a lid on <laughs> what this really seems to me to be is a car park yeah. chutney where they'll say oh just just a small chutney for me please i live alone uh but it's really just for someone that's going to basically eat the cheese and the chutney in the car yeah. <laughs> or dip their as soon as they go it. around the corner yeah <laughs> it's a travel it's a travel park <laughs> <laughs> all right and then that's brie so you should love this this is the beast yeah so basically, we get this in, and you've probably seen Brie before, it's quite solid. Mm-hmm. We get it in so it's like running. Like we would never ever sell it in the shop unless it's that consistency. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it'd gone wrong in the box. No, no, no. We want it to be as okay. runny as possible and literally ready to go. It's almost like a cold uh, fondue. Yeah, it's perfect. So yeah, we sell kind of three or four of these large three kilos a day. 
um, just because people love it so much. Oh, wow. I, know. I might need a bit of biscuit to go with this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm making a mess. So it's delicious. So yeah, it's one of the best sellers. And we get through, I think at Christmas, we order about 300, three kilos of those. So it's ridiculous That's amounts. amazing. I wasn't yes. even sure I'd like brie that much. Then you do now. Oh, I like this. That's the nicest brie I've ever eaten. Good. Has it turned you away from Cambozola? No. Oh, oopsie. No, I love Cambozola. <laughs> Forever. Is, that is my go-to. And it's also, um, it's like, what's your favourite cheese? And you say Cambozola. And uh, people automatically think you're more interesting than you are. Oh, really? Because they feel like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like you've really travelled. Yeah, but you should say chocolate 21 now, and they'll be like, what? Mine's blown. They don't know what to do. It's <laughs> <laughs> delicious. I mean, it's all good. My favourite... Um, it's the brie, probably. I mean, it's great. My favourite is the brie. Mm. And <coughs> that was the one I was most... No, I don't know about that. Really? And that's the best one. Good. I love it. This is, this the is best. like a mini Sunday brunch, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we basically just tried four cheese I, and saying what our favourite is. Was it four or five? Five, actually, but there's no goat's cheese left. No, I ate. All oh, gone. Oh. Um, that, that, this is probably is a bad a, time to mention I'm lactose intolerant, oh isn't God, it? Oh, God. Well, you're vegan now. Netflix and chill. <laughs> I'm 80% vegan. Uh, Netflix and chill is an internet slang term used either as an invitation to watch Netflix together or as a euphemism for sexual activity. It was part of a romantic partnership as casual sex or as a groupie invitation. That's cute. A groupie invitation. Uh, cheese string ingredients, milk, modified milk ingredients, cream, salt, bacterial culture, microbial <laughs> enzyme, colour, <laughs> calcium chloride, Morgan McGlynn. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, yeah, I see yeah. what you've done there. Some of my sweat. Do you sell, <laughs> do you sell cheese strings in your shop? No, no? not so much. Maybe I'll missing branch out. into that. It's not Actually, you're missing out. <laughs> big, it's when deal. the breeze stops selling. Yeah, that's yeah, that's room. Um, um, Mm. So how did you get in, involved with Sunday Brunch? Um, so so um, it was really bad. But um, So we were up for a Time Out Award for Best Shop in Muswell Hill, which we were very happy about. And being a little shop, we were like, yes, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. Went there and we won the award. Who was the competition? Um, all the other shops. What other shops are in Muswell There's, Hill? I mean, Toffs, that's serious. That's a ser- have you been there, the fish and chip shop? No. That's weird. In Muswell Hill? Yeah. I don't live in Muswell Hill. Yeah, but you go through there, don't you? No, I did when we were filming uh, for one series of The Reluctant Landlord. Oh. And uh, we had to drop off another actor who lived in Muswell Hill, oh. uh, Marek. And so um, one day I found out that your shop was on it, nowhere near the route. <laughs> but I got dropped out and then I walked up to, to get there and, and then you were closed. closed. And oh, then that was sorry. your... That's why I haven't been back because it's not convenient for me to get to. No, Muswell Hill is a little bit of a bubble. We don't mm. have a train station. It's a plague pit. It's like a little village. Like, but we can't <laughs> have a train because <laughs> there's so many dead bodies that are buried. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so we have really bad phone lines and internet lines. <laughs> it's a little bit like... Um, what was that sketch show? You know, and he lives up there. Um, Royce and Vasey. Uh, local. Gentleman. Yeah. So it's very much like that. You know everyone that comes to the shop. If you do see someone that's not local, you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Um, and, yeah, so we can't have 
you know, train station. So we are a little bit cut off, mm. but it's fun. Anyway, so, um, yeah, as I was saying, we were up for this award and very excited to be up for it. Won the award and I was over the moon, drinking the free champagne like no one's business. Sure. Really, really going for it. And then met some of the other shops and we were drinking away. And then it came up on the board and it was like, oh, we're doing the final awards, the whole of London and um, Samir Khan was there and doing, you know, whatever. And they were like, oh, we're doing the best shop in London. And then our face flashes up and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, are you joking? I go up to the stage, I'm crying so much. I'm so drunk, like <laughs> so drunk. Yeah. I can't get up on the stage in my heels. I get there, they hand me the glass of water, I dropped it. It shatters. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And they were like, has no one told her that she was getting this award? Then they put me straight onto ITV News. <laughs> fucking hell. And they were like, um, do you want to talk about happy? I was like, I'm so fucking happy. <laughs> so drunk. Like, Did you swear? Yes, yeah, swore on like, television. Like, And then the Sunday brunch literally called next day. I was like, Hi, do you want to be the cheese expert? I was like, are you definitely sure? I was like, are you ringing the right person? And then, yeah. So went on to there. And then obviously, I was, I think I was about third show in when I saw you. Right, yeah. But my first show, I was so nervous. Yeah. So nervous that, you know, when they give you the script cards, it's meant to be like a guideline. You know, they say to you, you're going to talk about this. Or maybe they don't give it to you. I don't think we get them. I get like these cards and it'll say, talk about something, you know, stick to that kind of area. I thought they were gospel. So I was learning them like line for line. Right. And I stayed up all night and my wow. dad was like, oh, what they used to do in the military is write it all down, learn lines. I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I was up till kind of 3.30. The pickup was five. Um, I'm wired, like completely <laughs> wired. I get to the studio and they were like, your first guest, you've got um, to, uh, Tom Kitteridge or someone or another, chef, and you've got Russell Brand. I was like, okay, cool, this will be fine. And I was so nervous, I was shaking like a leaf. I threw up in the studio before I went on. And then we came online and I got through the segment and Russell Brand said, oh, fucking this or something. And Tim had, you know how we stand in a row? Yeah. Tim went like that on my arm, how my arm was like, sorry about the swearing. And I was like, shit, did I fucking swear? And then it went viral. Like, Russell Brand was excused, but it was like cheesemonger, foul mouth cheesemonger. You said, did I fucking swear? Yeah, because I didn't realise <laughs> that we were still alive. And Tim put his arm on my hand. Because Russell Brand swore. Russell Brand said, Tim wow. held your arm and then apologised for Russell Brand. Because he was kind of moving me out the way of the camera. Right, right, right. And Russell had said, fuck, halfway through the segment. And then they went to me, like, we're so sorry about the swearing. And I love the reaction like to you and saying, like, we're sorry about swearing. So swear. Did I fucking swear? <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, we didn't realise. I haven't realize. gone and made a fucking cunt of myself, <laughs> have I? And then we didn't realise at all. And then I got home, my mum was like, God, you did so well, darling. Like, we're really proud of you. But have you seen the Daily Mail? And I was like, what? No, and because obviously I thought the mics were down, um, we got back and it was on the front page of the Daily Mail and it was re it was obviously a slow news day, but it went on for weeks of Huntington Post being like middle-class cheesemonger, outswore Russell Brown. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. Should have called you a swearmonger. There's swear worse things to be called. I know, but, but like the people were being like sending you messages being like, your mum should have got rid of you at birth. I was like, oh my really? God. Yeah. What? I got trolled. I had to delete oh. Instagram. What? Yeah. I was about to say, my children I actually were think in the people room. don't care. See, this is the people thing. Do. I thought that they didn't. And they were saying like, my child is in the room. She's running around saying shit. I was like, oh God. I was like, I'm That's so... It. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't even say shit. I know. So how can that be oh, your no, fault? I did. I did. Like, you said shit as well. The reason why your kid's running around your fucking living room saying shit everywhere, because there's shit everywhere all over your fucking living room. <laughs> fucking, nobody learns 
Nobody learns how to fucking swear off of somebody going, shit, did I fucking swear? And then all and of also a sudden, it was so low. It was just because the bloody Daily Mail heightened the mics up, so it made it really out of order. But yeah, it was a nightmare. That's crazy. I had a terrible first uh, time on Sunday brunch. Did you? It was awful. Why? I was just, um, just every single... Uh, it started off quite well, and then every single question they asked me were kind of like dead. Like, Tim has a weird way about him where in the in the break... He will say something like, um, "So you've got an album, Nick? What's that about?" Yeah. And I'll be like, well, "What do you mean? It's, what's that about? It's like <laughs> it's an album. It's got like it's got like twelve tracks on it. I mean, I don't." <laughs> and then you'll go on air, and then he'll say, "So Nick, you've got an album out. What's that about?" And you'll go, "Do you know how well that question went like three <laughs> seconds ago? <laughs> it's gonna get, it's not gonna go any better." And then you're just there, like you know. And I wasn't used to live TV and all that, and I was sort of like getting through it. And then while I was kind of um, on air, my phone kept vibrating, and it was Twitter, and everyone was basically telling me what a cunt I was. Oh and no. I was just like going, oh my God, what am I doing? What have I done wrong? And then they, I really hate eggs, and I came on, and they said, uh, tell it, oh, you don't like eggs, tell us what that's about. And it's just like, I haven't got an anecdote. Oh. They just asked me what I like. and I said, Why don't you like them? Uh, it's, it's disgusting. I just think it's disgusting. Do you know um, Nigel Slater's the same? He won't touch them. And also Guy Fieri from uh, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, not eat eggs. He doesn't, like, he doesn't like eggs. I love an egg. Um, yeah, do you not like offensive. an egg? Yeah, I like I think that they are disgusting. Do you like cream eggs? No. Really? Yeah. Galaxy eggs? You know, with um, the caramel inside? I mean... What's your favourite chocolate? Not egg? So actually, I do like galaxy. Fruit, is that what we used to? Yeah, that's what we used to live on, though, isn't it? Yeah, university. Uni, yeah, that mine. <laughs> that got me through. It's all fine. <laughs> that too. too. Fine. <laughs> but anyway, they asked me about that on air, and I was just like, I thought it was just to be with a. We're going to make you eat an egg medley, and I would be able to say no, I don't want to eat. Do you know what I mean? I thought they're usually like quite good like that. They'll usually take you out of it because we get a lot of people saying they're vegan. Well, they, they weren't cooking eggs. They were literally just started asking me about why I didn't like eggs. Oh. And I was just like, I thought it was to do with dietary requirements rather than, I mean, I haven't <laughs> got an anecdote about it. So it was, yeah. Yeah. I hate, anyway. You were funny so, last time you were on. I, no, I've done it like five times now. Yeah. That's what you mean, time, you were funny last time you were on. The first time the first time I was on was awful and I thought and then I had to do it again just for myself because I was just like, Okay, you can't be scared of a thing. Mm. And then I did it and it's fine and it then, is fine. And then, and then it's and then it's just really nice. And Tim and Simon are really nice yeah. and yeah, and it's just who well, was the last time I was on was uh, with uh, Niall Rogers. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like really. He's like he's not only has he produced everything, but like he's amazing in the green room because there's never an awkward moment because he's just like reading off anecdotes about like the time he uh, presented um, a science, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, a science talk <laughs> with Stephen Hawkins. There was him and they did a presentation mm. together. That seems like a weird match. For yeah. Yeah, weird yeah. booking. But he didn't Who should we get to do the science <laughs> booking? Stephen Hawking. Brilliant. Who else? No Rogers. No Rogers. That's <laughs> okay. It seems a bit out of the blue. It was really weird. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah. Is Nile Rogers like, if he's doing, do you, do you encourage his anecdotes or is he like, is he off? Is it like, all right, no. I think he's just super professional and he, it's kind of like he'll just reel them out. Right. It's quite fun there, that he's, time in the morning. He, know, he knows, ev he's worked with everyone that is anyone and then he'll just sort of like, oh, fuck sitting in a green room in silence. He'll just like, just. But that's what you need at that time, isn't it? Remember me and you being, were in there like, just like, ugh. Yeah. It's so, it's early in the morning. <laughs> 
you need it. Yeah. Oh god, Until it is so early as well. So early, and they always sort of like do a thing where it's kind of like, uh, "So, what did you get up to last night?" And then you've got to have like this story about, oh, "I went clubbing until four o'clock in the morning." And I was just like, "I went to bed at nine because the car <laughs> See, was." See, I've got put like a rebellious <laughs> thing that I don't ever go. To, so I'm really good normally in the week. Hmm. Go to bed pretty early, quite good like that. But before Sunday brunch, I always go out. It must be like a nerve thing. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah, so I just always go out all night and then go straight there. It seems more fun. I find oh, it more yeah. fun when you've had a drink. What, and then you go straight to sleep at midday? No, I think I just go out again. Keep going, because it's usually quite a fun day. Because you have the cocktails at the end, don't this you? This is a very niche uh, chat. So you stay up all night, do Sunday brunch, and then don't go to bed till the following night? Well, because at the end of the show, you get the cocktails, which right. is the best bit. Well, the, you, you get cocktails all the way through, and I, yeah. just, I just smash them. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> you like a selection of three or four cocktails, and you go, which one do you prefer? And I'll be like, what? They're all I delicious. haven't even tasted uh, them. And are the crew just waiting to eat all the things? No. Well, or are you, have you got thing. to try and... The best thing about it is that they're all working, so they can't drink, so it's down to the guests to finish all the cocktails. Okay. The cocktails. You're not allowed to. Uh, you're not allowed to insult the food when you're on air. No. Well, some, most of it's really good. Sometimes, sometimes it's. The cheese is very good though. When they're cooking very quickly, it's sometimes underseasoned. You can't. <laughs> say, you just have to go. Oh my god, it's delicious! Because you're not allowed to, to critique it. Fair. Because um, it would hurt Simon Rimmer's feelings, but it's um, sometimes it's kind of you go. Whoa. Really. And once I had. Uh, um, I won't say who it was, but somebody made a curry on it, and it was the blandest curry oh. I've ever eaten. And I was just like, well, I'm absolutely. Was this a celebrity this. chef? That's right. When I first went on, I was with a tiny temper, and uh, <laughs> we were eating uh, the the, the what's it, London. It's like the most award-winning or or a recently award-winning kebab shop, and oh. they sent these kebabs over for us to eat, and. Uh, and everyone was talking about them like they were gourmet, but they were cold, and you know they'd been sat there for a bit. <laughs> everyone was talking about them like they're, oh, they're the most. And I said, "Yeah, these are delicious." I can just imagine uh, getting hammered and throwing this at a bus stop on my way home. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and uh, Tim Lovejoy said he wouldn't do that. I'm sorry, uh, uh, he wouldn't do that. And everyone took it deadly seriously. Nobody laughed, and everyone was just like, "You can't." say that about the food oh, no. and it was just like it was a joke about kebabs, kebabs yeah. right yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then after that it all just nosedived um but yeah it's, it's a, i get so nervous before doing live tv and sunday brunch that as soon as you finish and you've had the cocktails yeah you feel like um adrenaline i've survived you have an adrenaline rush yeah. and then you just That's what I mean. go. you go straight out so when i did my when I, I had my birthday party on the sunday last oh, yeah, year yeah, yeah. and i'd just done sunday brunch and i went straight from there to the pub and it was the best birthday party ever because i was just like high on all of these uh, <laughs> sunday brunch adrenaline fumes yeah you do you get that kind of like rush of like whoa that's finished it's fun <laughs> last time i was on by accident i just got off the plane from marrakesh and when you thought you were on so. <laughs> <laughs> I basically kept missing I've got a really big problem with um, going home at any point on a night out or on a holiday I miss my flights continually like right, right. all the time I did it last couple of weeks ago in Barcelona I was in the club and I was like I've got 20 minutes to get to the airport that's not going to happen is it I was like it'd be fine <laughs> <laughs> I'll book another flight booked another okay. flight for the wrong day the following week I was like oh third time lucky three flights it took me to get home and maybe like 10 hours after I was meant to be back. But yeah, I did the same thing in Marrakesh and I was like, I've got to get home for Sunday brunch. Went from Gatwick to the studio. So I was really sleepy and I was on with Jimmy Carr and he was re the, 
the crowd was amazing. We had like a really fun bunch of people. Mm. But then someone asked me about vegan cheese, which I get a lot of questions about. Mm. And I went to say, I hate vegan cheeses, but I got cut off at I hate vegans. And my Twitter <laughs> was horrific. I got mm. sent pictures of baby animals for about three weeks afterwards, mm. dead calves. They were oh, well, that, fuming. That's changed it. <laughs> got yeah. pictures of baby animals for three weeks. <laughs> they were dead, dead calves. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> vegan cheeses, what I would say, there are some actually really nice vegan cheeses out there. And one of the things that I think is actually... Um, so I've got, I, I'm writing a show at the moment and I talk about veganism and uh, meat eaters and stuff. Mm. And I'm trying to be a little bit vegan uh, a lot of the time. And, um, but not all the time because I really like meat and cheese. But I also think that, you know, if everyone decides to eat meat all the time, then we are fucked. I'm doing it for like environmental reasons as opposed yeah. to ethical reasons, um, which I think is full circle. Because mm. if it's environmental, then it becomes ethical. But um, but uh, this, I just think it's about kind of um, it's not about. So you have some vegans that are kind of like you have to be vegan, and this eighty percent bullshit isn't good enough, mm. and all that. But the stuff like the processed cheese, you know, the squares of orange processed cheese, mm. right? Yeah, you do those. That they put, they lovely. But they put <laughs> in, they put in McDonald's meals, right? Yeah. yeah. And they put in uh, Big Macs and cheeseburgers, and that's the cheese that you get there. Yeah. Mm. And um, the vegan equivalent of that is just as good. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Of a pro- yeah, so they can get a processed so cheese down to a point. So in, so in terms of in terms of uh, a vegan alternative to a um, a non-vegan food. The processed cheese that they do is actually better than the uh, non-vegan processed mm-hmm. cheese, or it's as good as. Right. Mm-hmm. So why not just replace all of it? All of it. Yeah. And then you're taking that pressure off of the yeah. environment. Yeah. Which know? is true because most of it, the problem is coming from those seventy percent of processed cheeses is where the issue is. That's what's happening. Whereas the farmers that I buy these from, they're really responsible. Mm-hmm. They do responsible farming. The byproducts they use, so any of the whey or the product that comes from the cheese making, is used again to feed, and it's responsible farming. But yeah, these shit. Oh, sorry, oopsie. It don't uh, matter. No, sorry. Sorry. This is this these is fucked up beyond all recognition. <laughs> um, these shit cheeses. This is where the problem is because they're making mass loads of it, and it's just horrible. And, and there's no heritage in it. These farmers have been doing it for generations. Their families have been doing it. There's a lot of history in it. So I kind of respect that side of it, whereas a cashew nut cheese from Hackney isn't... Part, part of the pull and uh, push about it all is that you have vegans saying you, you shouldn't be like this, and you have the meat eaters that are reacting against that. And, mm. just saying, and it's kind of like surely a better way of doing it in order to help people meet in the middle like the idea of veganism for people that like meat is terrifying they yeah. just think I don't want to give all that stuff up yeah. and then so if you do stuff like meat free Mondays then it's kind of like you're not giving it up it's not really a sacrifice it's just one day and then my point is that if you're doing one day I mean you probably eat vegan if you shuffled all of those meals together for like two or three days well, you don't eat meat for every meal yeah. and in actual fact if you just started rather than like saying no, you're not allowed cheeseburgers anymore if you just start saying right well we're replacing certain ingredients within your meals with a vegan alternative mm. then 
that is an improvement yeah and it's also helping people realize that it's a less terrifying thing whereas when you have um extreme vegans that sort of post pictures of uh, dead animals and you think you, you're kind of you're not helping your own argument no. it, you're basically uh, m- making making people that don't necessarily 100 agree with you react against you yeah and then the golf gets divided that's the problem with society in general about anything <laughs> at the yeah. moment it's kind of if you're not with us you're against us yeah and everyone is calling my show's basically just about how everyone is calling everyone a cunt at the moment and it's just kind of and and um and everyone pushing everyone a- a- away because they don't agree with them um but i think that is if you can help people find small steps towards your goal then we'll all meet in the middle and kind of like work together with that. I had another point about the cheese, I think, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Making a good point about cheese. Yeah. But like, but, like, no. uh, but that's the thing. So uh, I did a food show um, on Dave uh, called uh, Eat Your Heart Out, and mm. um, I had. Uh, like a few people going, nice one, because I think the way it was marketed and the way um, uh, some of the posters and stuff came out, everyone thought it was like man versus food, like a British, and it's just kind of like, if anyone knows anything about me, it's that, I, A, I wouldn't want to rip off another format, and B, that has no appeal to me whatsoever to do that show or show. Yeah. And so my show was about kind of like going around local places and finding food, and it was about like finding, it's filled, it's, it's working title was uh, Nick Helm's comfort eating because it was like a pun because I've been dumped so oh. it's about he's comfort eating yeah. but also my show is called it was also going to be called Nick Helm's eating out isn't it yeah <laughs> and it was just like this week I'm eating out with and um, I uh, that didn't go through that didn't that didn't I, I reckon that there's a YouTube series in that <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm still up for it if anyone's listening and they want to make a YouTube uh, uh, just following me around as I eat, eat out um, and, but um, so so we did this thing and then all of a sudden people see these posters and they start like bombarding me with kind of like um uh, oh, nice one, killing all the little animals. And you just like, oh, that's not what the show is. And it goes, uh, nice one, uh, eating as much meat as you can. Per-. And you, go, you haven't even seen the series yet. It hasn't even been released yet. And everyone's like reacting to all this stuff. And you go, that's not what the show is. And then people are like, going, uh, um, uh, are you going to do um, a vegan series? Or is it? And it's just kind of like, we do eat in vegan restaurants. And yeah. there are vegan, ep- uh, there are moments where we have like vegan meals and stuff. Yeah. But our intention wasn't to make a vegan series. Also, it's not for or against. It's not a big it's deal. It's not for or against. Joking. It's kind of like just show, this is a food for people that eat food. Yeah. And there are vegan episodes and there are non vegan episodes. Yeah. There wasn't a vegan episode, but there were vegan restaurants that we went to. Um, and vegetarian restaurants that we went to, and seafood restaurants that we went to, mm. and meat. But like our intention wasn't to make a vegan. I know it's great. Do you know my favourite bit is where they argue amongst each other. So I never used to respond to anything on Twitter, but I'd watch the vegans and non-vegans these huge fights that would go on <laughs> for hours. It was my favourite bit. I think that, um, it, but there's no you, you can't you can't get involved in that because then you end up just getting dragged into these. I mean, I tried to be very reasonable with this guy. And uh, it just got um, more and more extreme. And you're just like, but you're not even listening to my argument. My, um, and it's not even an argument. It's just an explanation. Yeah. I didn't pitch to Dave a food show. Mm. They asked me, will you do this show? And then what they had planned was much worse than what we ended up making. And what we made was m- was basically me saying, this has got to be better than what... Yeah. If we'd have just done what they said, that would have been the man versus food show that you wanted, that they wanted, and, it, and we ended up making something that was better, and um, 
and, and and with stuff like that, it was like let's go to vegetarian ve- vegetarian restaurants and let's go to vegan restaurants. But it wasn't about um, uh, it. It was about trying to push what the limitations of that format were. Mm. And I just think people just think, oh, you've got complete say so and complete control of what's going on, and you don't. But you can do, you can win small victories within that. I don't know. Um, I just think it's a crazy world. Um, we haven't, right? Yeah, we've barely, barely touched on no, uh, vegan. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, Tom you're Hanks. a fan of. What's your favourite Tom Hanks film? It's probably Big. Yeah. Everything yeah. about it. What about Splash? Love it. Yeah. Every single thing he's ever done. Do you prefer Tom Hanks as an early comedian or as a later dramatic actor? Both. I think he was amazing when he was young in yeah. everything. It's almost like a different actor. Yeah. Now, though, yeah. Right? And now he's just incredible. And also, if you what, do you follow him on Instagram? Yeah. Just love him. Yeah. He takes pictures of cars and like and gloves. gloves. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Ever, I've never heard anyone. Whenever he's, he appears in anyone else's stories, you go, "Yeah, seems really nice." Yeah. It's always him being really kind of supportive of he's people brilliant. and being like, and really my, like him. My favorite thing he ever did was when that boy got really drunk in the bar, and there's a guy he'd fallen asleep in a and bar he took in a New York. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. took like oh, selfies yes, yeah. and drunk, and then he gate crashed a wedding. I just think that's the type of person I want to be best friends with. Like um, if it could be anyone, only, it'd be him. Uh, only if it, that's only really acceptable if you're Tom Hanks, I have to say. Yeah, I think that's uh, quite fun. I'd do that. Sh- sure. What if someone was drunk in a bar? I'd definitely take their phone, take loads of selfies, and be licking their face. And if then... you were Tom Hanks, sure. sure. Yeah. No, me too. I'd do it. Me. Well, it's <laughs> interesting, it's like interesting like that you say <laughs> me too. <'cause>, uh, <laughs> I'd do it. But with that guy, he gets up and goes, "That's Tom Hanks." He'd be like, "Who is this girl I was with last night? <laughs> Why is she licking my face?" Uh, yeah, and the same with crashing wedding. Uh, but then what I would say is, um, I, yeah, I love Splash. I love Big, um, and then Turner and Hooch is awful. Oh my god, are you serious? I fucking hate that. That film. is such a good film. It's no K9. And, no, that's um, really good. And then, um, then I remember a couple of years ago, I watched Save for Mr. Banks by myself. Oh, I haven't seen that. Save for Mr. Banks. No, I watched I it. Seen oh that. my god, you call yourself a Tom Hanks fan? Really? <laughs> I mean, really? It's about Disney, who, uh, who. Oh, actually, I have seen it about Mary Poppins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. So Save for Mr. Banks. And yeah, it's, it's quite emotional, though. Really I mean, dark. I sat and watched it all by myself, and I was in bits <laughs> just the whole way through. I went to the <laughs> premiere of that. Did right? you? Yeah, I went to the premiere of that. Big fan. And uh, my ex used to work for Disney, and she oh. got tickets for it. And I had a Wii before it started. Yeah. And I'm having a Wii next to. Me Too celebrity Harvey Weinstein. So, oh. so that's not bad. That's not bad, eh? Not as good as Tom Hanks, but yeah. No, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. good. Pretty good person to have a wee next to. Is it? Controversial figure. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yeah, I should have I should have grabbed it and said, How'd you like it, mate? That's what I should have done. <laughs> yeah. You wake up at five thirty every morning and watch two films before work? Mainly, yeah. What? Or actually or I listen to music. What sort of films? So basically anything. I love films. It's like a really weird thing. Since I was younger, I've waited. You love films. Love oh, this is really films. We normally force people yeah. to talk about films. Love films. We come back and talk about films. Yeah. What's your favourite film? Whatever. Will you bring some cameras on? I, to be honest, yeah. I do love like I know like old films. Mm. Really, really like. I so I like My Wonderful Life. I watch it's that a lot. Life. Best film, best film ever. Best film ever. Really, really is. It's my favourite film. And I watch it about five times throughout the year, not just at Christmas. Yeah. Good for you. Love like a a in the background film like Up. 
like a Disney oh. film like that. Mm. Um, mm. What else do I love? What do I watch? It's a great short film. <laughs> and then there's Talking Dogs and you just think, what the fuck is this? No, no, it's quite good though. No. And also when she opens the book, it's pretty emotional, the whole thing. Sure. Um, what else do I love? What films do I watch? Do you know what? I've grown up with a dad who's just forced them upon us. We've always, always watched lots when good we were fam. little. Yeah. Good fam. Um, so we used to watch <laughs> With Nell and I when we were little mm-hmm. quite a lot. And um, I used to watch French films like The Apartment and... Really? Yeah, and oh, actually, the um, old version of The Apartment. Really, oh, really yeah. love that. Have you seen that? The Apartment, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack Lemmon. Yeah, love. Love it. Love um, it. Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Things like Holiday in Rome, all the old kind of... Um, Roman Holiday, sorry. All those ones. Sure. Love all of them. Great. Um, we'll talk about that next time. Come on, we've got a game oh, to play. So this is a game called Better or Worse, and you have to say with the person afterwards is better or worse than the person before, based entirely on my own opinion. Okay. Starting with Billy Piper. Yeah. Is Billy Connolly better or worse than Billy Piper? Better. Better, he is better. Is Billy Bob Thornton better or worse than Billy Connolly? Worse. Worse, he is worse. Is Billy D. Williams better or worse than Billy Bob Thornton? Worse. I've got to say better. Mm. Reese Witherspoon, better or worse than Billy D. Williams? Better. Better, yeah. Uh, Steve Martin, better or worse than Reese Witherspoon? Better. Better. Aeroplane. Martin Short, better or worse than Steve Martin? Who? Martin Short. Who's that? He's in Three Amigos. Do you know Martin Short? No, I'd like... He's in Father of the Bride. Worse. Worse, he is worse. He is worse, yeah. Is Martin Sheen better or worse than Martin Short? Mm, Better. Better. Yeah, better. Yeah. Is Charlie Sheen better or worse than better. Martin Sheen? Legend. Worse. Legend. Worse. I love him. <laughs> and is Michael Sheen better or worse than Charlie Sheen? Better. Yeah, better, yeah. I guess. Seven. Seven. Not bad. Not, Not bad, bad at all. Really? That's the average. That's oh, your average. Okay, and that sounds bad, but it's a good... Uh, <laughs> it's it's good. Uh, but it's not that, not that it's a specifically film thing, but uh, uh, Empire reviewer and author Nick Dissemlian... He only got eight. He only got an eight. Oh, really? Yeah, so... But also, you can't really win because it's your opinion, isn't it? You can win. Oh, right, okay. (laughs) So it's if I agree with you. It doesn't matter, but you can win. You can win. So you join (laughs) this season Lloyd Griffith, Harriet Kemsley, The Last Skeptic, David Trent and Toby Williams with seven. Uh, Although Mm -hmm. I do believe that I thought someone got a ten. Did they? Not this year, no? No. No. Oh, is it? Maybe it's in a pre-record. Maybe. No, that was last season. I'm talking about one of the pre-records that we've just done. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you very much for coming in. Incredible Thanks. guest. Thank, thank you very you. much. Cheese. Thank you for bringing in cheese. Thank you. Uh, it's lovely to see you again. Yeah, I know. After all this time. Loads. Uh, this is just how I have to organise meeting up with people. I just, <laughs> just to invite, them on, invite show. them on the show. Perfect. Uh, and thank you for your book. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I've done all the thank yous. Please come back again one day. Please, uh, please visit. bring the correct cheese. Okay, Cambazola. Um, is it Morgan Shop? And you do classes for people and cheese tastings? Basically, come in and try some cheese. Yeah. Come in and yeah. try some cheese. One at a time. Yeah, well, one, per <laughs> yeah. one per customer. No, no, one at a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, um, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, what's your song that we're going to l- oh. end on? Oh, I don't know. Well, you've got we've got a selection of songs here. What oh. do you want to play out on? Don't know. What have I? Oh, I did three, didn't I? Whichever one you like. Whatever one I like. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.